You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 52, Lo, and there shall come an ending. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that just carried half his home up and down the stairs. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. Welcome back, Craig. Thanks. It's been a while. It has been quite a while. I feel like it's been before the summer. It has. I uh, bought a new house and have been doing a lot of work. I actually bit off more than I could chew, and it's <laughs> uh, it's been quite an adventure. Let's just leave it at that. But yeah, but I'm good and I'm back. Is it your first house, or are you just changing houses? Uh, no, I I'm renting out my the house I bought first. Like I've had for about twelve years now, and I bought a fixer upper, and I've gutted it and just done a ton of work on it. So, so you're you're working on it, or have you moved in? Uh, it's a work in progress. I've moved in, but yeah, it's I'm working as I go now. Yeah. it's it's a, it's livable now. At one point, it wasn't, and that's why I couldn't really participate much because. Yeah. My house was a mess. I basically grew up in a house that was always perpetually being renovated <laughs> until they moved immediately after they finished. So, yeah, that's always fun. It's really extensive heavy-duty work. Like, it's yeah. funny because we were kind of, like, just shooting a breeze before the FinCast. And I was just like – I told Craig, I was like, I thought – you know, I knew you were moving. I just thought it was just, like, a move-move. But like it was ext- his life has been extreme home makeover. Yeah, I guess I should have been more clear to you guys. <laughs> as I, I was telling Raven, I took out like two tons of lath and plaster. No joke, really two tons, like literally two tons of lath oh. and plaster to the dump. Just ripping down walls. It's an 1870s. That is uh, ooh, 18. row home. So yeah, it was probably all plaster and uh, wood. Lath and plaster. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is a nightmare. There was old knob and tube electric. I mean, that that's gone now. It, it wasn't working, but it was in the wall. There was lead water pipes in the wall. It, it was uh, <laughs> lead it was water pipes. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy stuff. What, what could ever go wrong? No. <laughs> so we are back again. Of course, we are. You know, here to talk about the Savage Dragon. This one, a little thin. Uh, after our deluge of content last episode, where we went through, I believe, five comic books. <laughs> the Spawn-a-thon. Yeah. Can I just tell you guys, I was, like, listening to the, the FinCast on my commutes, and I was, like, yelling at you guys, like, if you just, like... We're like, oh, I can't think of that name or whatever. <laughs> I was, or, or if you, like, mess on up, you be like, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> I was like, I want to participate so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I've, I've only not been on one episode. Uh, so I, You're like I, the founding I don't, father. I don't get to experience it that very much. It, it is frustrating. Uh, when it is. It's a show. You're listening to it and you forget you're not participating in it. Yeah. Like, for a minute there, I'm like, oh, yeah, this isn't happening right now. <laughs> Or you'd be like, oh, 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 I knew that. Yeah, I wish it was I know. 
But then, like, you guys would come up with something, like, five minutes later. I'm like, yes, they, they, they hit the point I wanted to make. So, so real quick, Craig, as long as you're, you know, we got you. What, what was your hot take on the crossover and the conclusion to Spawn? Uh, I, I kind of agree with you guys. And actually, Raven kind of pointed it out. Like, at first, we were like, you know, the, the, the Satan saga thing, we were kind of down on it because it seemed like it was too decompressed, I guess is, is a word for it. Like, mm-hmm. there's too many issues. But when we got, I was like so hopeful for that transition to like a new spawn, you know, that, that first issue that I forget what, uh, 263 where it's, you know, that iconic cover that, that Eric drew of just spawn on the, on the front cover, like powerless or whatever it is. (laughs) I'm human now. Yeah. And I was like, I just remember being so excited to figure out what this new direction was going to be about. And I don't know, I kind of felt a little let down and I don't think it's Eric's fault. I think he got constrained by Todd and really wasn't able to let loose. Blame the editor. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, from everything I've been reading, and it, obviously it's kind of one-sided, yeah. but but well, I don't know. It just we want you on our show to tell us your side, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just it, it, something like that needs some buildup and needs some time, and I don't. I, I think it was kind of rushed through, and I don't know. I just wasn't totally happy with the way it kind of ended up. Yeah. I, but, uh, I didn't buy the latest issue of Spawn, but I did look at the preview. Art looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I bought it today, actually. Did. Yeah, the art was good, but I don't know. The story, like, he go, what's, do you know what the, the, his, was that his child with Wanda or not? No, it was. Cian. Oh, you know what? I didn't think, wait, there was no child. It was like a trick, right? It was oh, like a, well, I don't know. But there is a child. Terry Fitzgerald has a child. And, it was Terry's soul. That or are, are you talking about the, the the child that Wanda had in Hell? No, 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 the one in on Earth. Oh, I'm pretty she sure the little girl, Terry's kid. Oh, is that just something okay. that's in the latest issue? Yeah, and she's no like, she's on drugs after her mom died or something, and, and then Spawn goes after the drug dealers. I mean, the art is pretty good, but there's no like supernatural element in this. It's just him going after drug dealers. <laughs> It's funny, too, that you should say that, because I guess that was another problem I had with Spawn, is that it really seemed to like that street-level stuff. Right. Yeah. But it's like you just had this guy that's so supernatural that that, always, that element of it always seems so weird to me. I, I don't know, because Superman still punches bank robbers occasionally. I mean, you kind of can still do that thing, sort of thing. I guess, but it's... I don't know. It's like on the side. It's like he'll punch a bunch of robbers, but like the main villain will be behind it or something. Metallo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the main guy's Metallo, not a drug dealer. Right. Or your drug dealer should be peddling some supernatural shit or something, and then you just I was, the guy behind him. And I was just really excited for like the whole concept of, you know, hell's closed off, but there's like these demons trapped on Earth and right. they're all kind of causing trouble and he's going to go after them like a kind of like a demon hunter like one by one or whatever i still think that's a great setup sure is you know know what i really do like about the new issue that they kept that look that mcfar and that larson gave uh, al simmons of the kind of receding hairline devil horn yeah (laughs) which i I thought that was kind of a cool little thing for eric to add to the to the spawn mythos i guess it's just a, a neat little shorthand well, kind of comic trick. 
Al hasn't had hair in a long time, so. Yeah. Right? Because as Spawn, he's like, was all scarred up or something. I don't know how that worked. Yeah. I'm I apologize. Sure. I know I was supposed to read Spawn Kills Everybody. I simply haven't. Yeah. So. <laughs> I haven't bothered with it either. Why were you supposed to read that? Uh, just because we had thought that maybe right. Savage Dragon would be in it. or oh, other uh, image characters of interest would uh, be in there. And so I was going to read it just to give folks, like, because we were on such a spun jag. But I feel like I'm, we're kind of off of it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably will still read it eventually. And if, if Dragon's in there, I'll, I'll run back to you with the go, oh, guys, you got to read it. But, like, uh, you know, whatever. It, it's, it's, down, it's on the back burner. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing how Todd takes Spawn. Uh, I might buy a couple more issues just to see if he kind of reverts back to his old ways or if he's actually going to take it in a new direction. But I don't think I'm going to hold on to it. Sounds I, like he's gone to street level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So, anyway, that was my take on it. I don't know. Is his cape brown or red in the new issue? He doesn't have a cape in the new issue. He's like commando spawn without a cape. It's funny because that at least has some continuity with what happened in Dragon. That's kind of interesting. Oh, can I also tell you, you guys are talking about the the um, the covers for Spawn 266. You had the one that was like by Larson and then you had the one by McFarlane that you were jazzed about. Uh-huh. So I got the one by McFarlane, but I got the black and white edition. Right. So I don't know how rare that is, but I was pretty stoked. So that's that why mind. there's four covers. There's a color regular and a black and white regular, and then there's a color in black and white Todd. Yeah. Okay. And Todd's, I don't know, it's kind of weak because all he did was take... There's no background. He, well, he didn't even draw it. He just took a Larson drawing and inked it. I did that. I drew I drew Dragon <laughs> as Judge Dredd and put it on Facebook. It's really easy. And it's not even Malcolm. It's <laughs> Savage Dragon from, like, issue, like... I don't know, 30-something. Yeah, it's almost the image from the wiki. Like, when you Google Savage Dragon, it's like yeah. the first image that comes oh, up. It's garbage. It's like, <laughs> come on, man, just draw it. Like, <laughs> And at least draw Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, I would have liked to have seen, you know, Malcolm in the costume. <laughs> it, it is. The it's like, I, I feel like he doesn't even know what's going on, maybe. I don't know. It, <laughs> is, the, it is the third image in an image Google search. It's the third image? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I knew I knew it was at the top. I knew it was like because I, I Googled it. I was like, because somebody's like, hey, that's kind of a classic like Savage Dragon drawing. And I was like, oh, it is, isn't it? And I Googled it and like there it was. And it's like, oh, all right. So, yeah. Anyway, should we get into the news? You know what? I'm sorry, because, again, this is kind of a slim pickings issue. Uh, while we've got you, do you have anything that stands out? Anything left unsaid? That you would have liked to have voiced about the Savage Dragon like issues you've missed. So I feel uh, like, like for instance, you know, when we skip past an Angel issue, it's like, oh, Jim would have loved to say so. Is there anything you're just dying to say about like the Savage Dragon issues you missed? Yeah, that was the one issue I missed was the one about Angel. <laughs> I know all of the irony. I don't think there was anything off the top of my head that you know there were decent issues that weren't my favorite. I thought it was. A weird choice for Eric to to select uh, kind of like ant bad guys with ant in the issue. I think that kind of makes it confusing for. I could see that. A reader, but I mean. But he also played it as confusing for Malcolm as well. So. Yeah. Because he punches yeah. her by accident. 
I'm, I am a little bit sick of these, you know, whether it's ants or trolls or whatever, just coming popping up out of the ground. And I do agree with you, Jim. Like, I, or I don't know if it was you, Jim, or Raven that talked about let's get like some longer plot lines back in and yeah, that, get that away from the things have been done in one for a while. Yeah, it's and been you know, kind of I, by rote now, the, the, the series, the general issue just go. Because Malcolm's mostly just beating up randos, and the plot line is the family stuff. Yeah, Dart, yeah. And now Dart's in the can, so. But I don't know why, you know, like, like, and I would say my favorite years of Dragon were maybe, like, some of the SOS issues or, like, around, like, the 40s. Um, you could balance, like, the personal life and still have, like, long-running threads with, like, villains. And, like, you'd see a guy in the shadows and... And I just feel like the same thing as you, like sometimes like he'd have these really. So when Malcolm first like got the book, remember like Eric had all these awesome, like each month, like the cover had some cool villain, like the guy that was like two different colors and shit. And they were like Mm -hmm. on building tops. You're like, man, these guys are so cool. And then they would be dead by the end of the issue. They'd get beat up and then electrified. And I was like, man, it's like, did you really have to kill him? It would be cool. Like, I think fans. Right. Something to talk about but, later. Right. But I, I think fans appreciate more like seeing – getting that nod in the character appearing like further on. I mean how much co- – like rather than just waste the guy, how much cooler would it be to see him as like a vicious circle baddie in the background of an issue? You just I, Like I get more of a kick out of that I than mean, just seeing like these throwaway goons. Eric said before that if he kills a character, it's no big deal to him. He'll just make another and that's yeah. fine. But at the same time, you, you kind of lose that, like, like your Makos or your powerhouses or your, you know, what have you. Characters that are just kind of always there. Well, and it's always fun to be like, oh, he, this guy appeared. Like, when he had a huge Vicious Circle rogues gallery, it was always kind of neat to be like, oh, I haven't seen that guy in 50 issues. But mm-hmm. there he like is, the with, you know. Like the guy with the dome for a head or um, uh, that one that was in the backup with uh, – uh, was it hurt? Was was it? Uh, never mind. Anyway, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, or they wouldn't get any like limelight shined on them until like issue like I don't know 125. They're, so they, they appeared like randomly, and then finally like War God gets a little bit of a backstory or whoever you know, and it'd be like, oh, that's really neat. And I just I wish he would do a little more of that and not be as quick to like kill guys. Yeah, I agree. I totally second your. I think the way we said it. I believe was that uh, we we were ready for a rogues gallery to take shape. Yeah, definitely ready. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, because the thing is, is that like you know every hero is as good as their villains. Uh, the joke was that you know Marvel guys always fight each other because some of them have terrible rogues galleries. Right. And it's kind of like whereas you know like Batman's got this iconic rogues gallery. Even Dragon Senior had a fucking iconic rogues gallery yeah yeah, i mean and so malcolm sadly i think has got his dregs yeah she's been beating up losers left and right and so uh with the exception of dart who's a badass but at the same time thematically is familiar right she yeah she's she's a callback to a dragon character so exactly uh so it's kind of like i think and it's funny because we do have like the new vicious circle 
and uh, there, I think there's, and again, you know, like Jim said, you know, foreshadowing for this very issue, we'll talk about it. I have thoughts that I want to share there, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, you're, you're saying I was, Jim, I believe came up with the idea, but I totally seconded yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time for a rogues gallery to take shape. Yeah. Or just, you know, I, and I feel like, you know, it's, if a guy's been around for a little bit longer and, and then is killed, it's more impactful than, right. oh, yeah. you know, a self-contained issue where the guy's killed at the end. I, I don't get anything out of the guy being killed. Like, it, it doesn't really impact me. I mean, how, I much how, prefer the guy go to jail or something and then, like, show up 10 issues later or right. 20 issues later. I mean, how, how relevant would a character like War and Peace be right now? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he came yeah, back. He, he would be incredibly relevant right Chicago's now. Chicago's so, yeah. newest hero. Mm-hmm. And then again, you know, this is comics, so if he decides he wants to bring someone back, he can always turn him into, like, some half-android stuff or whatever it is. But, you know, I, whatever. But Even the I, solicitation for, like, an upcoming issue, it was, like, Malcolm's, you know, task to take down Belco Chemicals, and I'm hoping, not yet. Like... <laughs> Yeah, right. Not yet. He, he, he just <laughs> came a flying head. Come on. Yeah, no, no. He's like, please don't throw Mr. Belko down the volcano. But the cool thing is that's kind of a reoccur- – that's kind of like a Malcolm type uh, – I don't know if Belko is – you consider a character, but just a, a plot line. Belko will someday be a, a, as infamous as Overlord, I assure you. <laughs> you never know. Uh, what's so funny in this book is how – a joke character can become a heavy hitter like Glum. Oh yeah, Johnny Redbeard. But it, <laughs> Johnny Redbeard. Even even Glum is a, is a holdover from Dragon at, at days, and you you, yeah. you you get a feeling that his shelf life is pretty much at an end. Who knows where the trial of Glum will end up? Yeah, that's it. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got to hear just your take on that too. That's kind of the thing. I feel like somebody. It was somebody sent in a message and they're like, yeah, I feel exactly. I feel like what you, I think like it's cool though. I mean, people needed time to warm up to Malcolm. I think, yeah. I think you needed the, all those like super heavy Malcolm centric episodes where a bad guy didn't really steal the show or wasn't really the focus. Right. I just, I just think it's time. But even then yeah. you, you, you'd have a character like Arachnid, like he goes into a sewer and there's Arachnid eating a bunch of people and, he throws him out out into the paddy wagon. That 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 seemed like a more like, I don't know, interesting battle than any that Malcolm have really had, at least to right. me. It just felt like it was more world building than a lot of these uglies he beats up. Right. Yeah. Right. Just like bank, they're just robbing a bank. <laughs> they're not really up to much. <laughs> just robbing a bank. Yeah, you get the the typical kind of abomination looking, kind of ugly unlimited guy in street clothes and i miss you know when those guys were actually like you know just costumed kind of villains which looked really cool yeah yeah the the, the avalt seemed to have gone to street clothes for, for the majority wife beaters apparently, apparently armor costs uh, whoever was making all the armor is out of business uh, it's just passe now for villains so. <laughs> well of course most of that was so 90s we just <laughs> We're casual now. Johnny Redbeard just <laughs> made the made it when he created you. It was it was yeah right. <laughs> you sprung, yeah, sprung you from got, his beard, fully clad in armor. Yeah, you got powers and a fancy costume. <laughs> it was it was a vampire chick that like uh, they buried they buried her on the island with the tiki's. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So nineties. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't mind seeing some of that. Um, <laughs> I it's don't like know. It's Witchblade, cool. same uh, clothes designer. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that I wanted just to get your take on just things in general. It's it's cool to hear you sound off on that too. Well, I appreciate you asking, Raven. <laughs> well, uh, I guess is it time for some news? News. Uh, so, really exciting first bit of news is like super, oh, yeah. super cool. Uh, there is a going to be a uh, Mighty Man exclusive comic for uh, Athens Con. Athens Con. All right. So, Eric Larson who we all know and love, and uh, you guys are going to have to help me out here. Nikos, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? I'd say Koutsis. 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 But Koutsis. colorless colorist of, of Savage Dragon uh, have united their scripting and art prowess to present us the first AthensCon exclusive titled Mighty Man Number 1. Uh, you can find the exclusive comic at the organizer booth and Larson and Coutus's tables. Um, it's 20 pages, black and white, and will be available only a limited number. It'll cost five euros, which is equal to five dollars thirty cents American dollars. Uh, Athens Cons takes place on December third and fourth in Athens, Greece. I did not realize it was Athens, Athens. It's like Athens, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, Nikos Kautz uh, is uh, Greek, and so is uh, the what's his name? The guy who does the flats. I think Mike, Mike Torres. They I do did their... not know that. I also yeah. didn't know he yeah. was an artist, and according to the preview pages, I saw a pretty good one. Yeah, he did. He did a backup before, and what one fifty, I think, or something. I can bring it back to you real easy. It was very angel centric, and it had yeah. those very cartoon graphics where they beat up the trolls. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the summary of the story is Betty Bradford is a six-year-old kiddo, and she's also Mighty Man's alter ego. But she's too young for the task and needs to be under surveillance. Otherwise, the city of Chicago would suffer the consequences. Savage Dragon's son, Malcolm, with the members of the SOS, are the ones responsible for the struggle. Super Patriot, Barbaric, Ricochet, Hordus, and more, as well as Mighty, as well as Mighty Man, will knock your socks off. So that's cool that it's... Uh, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, Betty growing up and all these, you know, classic freak force and characters. I do find I do find that it's funny that Nikos is, uh, you know, teaming up with Eric, but yet the comics in black and white. <laughs> but he's a colorist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think uh, I think the plan is that uh, they're going to color it and run it as a backup. Yeah, I think Eric shot. did say that, or someone. I read that somewhere yeah. that it was it would run in Savage Dragon. But now, the completest in me needs to get this somehow. Good luck. I agree. <laughs> and you know what's funny is uh, you wouldn't think, oh, you know, it probably won't be. But what's so funny is uh, like that Oscars variant is worth yeah. like three hundred fifty dollars. Is it really? Yes. No, it isn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Get out. Like those rare, like those rare, like super rare, weird Savage Dragon, like very tiny, like variants. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah bet so. the, I bet the manga size Ashcan one's probably getting harder to find. I don't think I've ever seen one in the wild. Really? I love that. I love that one. I forgot about that. My comic shop has like two. So if, if it is, if you don't have one or if you need it, just hit me up. I'll take care of you. What was the one with uh, the issue with like uh, the comic book uh, mascot on the cover? 
Oh, what? Oh, Flying Colors. Yeah, yes, yeah. The fly, fly, I had, variant. My my uh, comic shop had for me to get it. My comic shop had to buy like eight issues of it or something. Right. From them, so I paid for like eight issues so I could get. I'm such a I'm such a loser. <laughs> oh, dude, because I think isn't that one worth something good too? Probably. I don't know. Probably hard. Is it real? I can't believe it would be. I mean, well, people are selling it for that much, but are people paying that much? Well, there you go. There's the exactly. Truth. I mean, okay. I mean, how I many how many Savage Dragon completists are out there that are like? Well, there's you and Gavin. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, right. <laughs> 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 But you know, uh, it's funny because that bug's bitten me. Like now that my collection's complete, like I kind of like variants are the only some of the few remaining things calling my name. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like that's how the bug bites you. Is like, well, you've got all these other issues, and so you know, if you want anything more Savage Dragon centric, that's kind of like mini mini, the, mini series number one newsstand edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was it like graphic fantasy is worth like a thousand dollars or something crazy? Well, that that one probably would actually go for that much, if only because Eric Lar. It's more about Eric Larson being the big Spider-Man guy and it being like his earliest work, published work. So it's like, but it's also like the first Savage Dragon, right? Too, right. That's true. So it's like historically noteworthy for Eric's contribution. Yeah. Whereas like Flying Colors variant, not so much. But to like five people, it's like yeah, they will it's pay. super sought Good after. Money. Yeah, the digest there. Someone's trying to sell it for twenty five smackers. Mm. That's like the the Savage Dragon Spawn comic that was like I don't know Spawn twenty five or whatever it was thirty two or I don't know. But it has like both logos on the cover. Yeah, I think that's a newsstand edition like variant. Possibly, I feel it has a barcode on the cover. Yeah. But anyway, yes, this Mighty Man uh, one-shot sounds super cool, and the fact that we're gonna, most of us are going to have to wait to read it for a while is kind of sucks. Um, I really like the idea, now that Betty's getting older, that you know she might, I don't know, finally become like the Billy Bastion Mighty Man always needed mm-hmm. um, as a kid. And, you know, somebody needs a super-powered babysitter coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, we on the FinCast many, many times have wanted for you know Eric to team up with somebody just to give us peeks into the extra you know characters of the world, right? And so, just if for nothing else, just for that sake, that like this is exactly what we've been asking for for so long. We've been like, oh, I just wish you would just you know team up with you know. Somebody and just like he could write it, they could draw it, and I would buy it. Like here, this is, and that's exactly what we. So yeah, I'm super jazzed. Yeah, I miss those days where he had like Super Patriot and Deadly Duo and Mighty <laughs> Man and Freak Force, you know, and it was him writing with a bunch of different people drawing it. I'm telling you, uh, I hope the bug. I hope people support it. I, I which I mean this is obviously a super rare variant that they can't, but one of the other things he threw out is that it might possibly be collected over here. Like it might not just be run as backups. Just run oh, really? bubble shit as an issue. Possibly. He'd I wish probably color it and I'm actively curious. Do you think this is an English? 
Oh, that's a yeah. good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure? Yeah. I think it is. I would, I would, I, I wish, here's what I would wish if I'm going to wish things. Here we go. I wish it wouldn't just go straight to backup. Right. I wish that it would be, if not uh, printed, which black and white's much cheaper to print. Right. So it's much less of a sales loss. And less like, but less likely to be ordered. True. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, you got to look at both sides of the coins there. It's like to be a success finger quotes. True. It's less likely to be ordered, but it's also much more likely to succeed finger quotes. Right. To be worth his time. So I wish that if it wasn't going to be printed alone on its own, I wish that he would open his uh, mind up to the possibilities of a digital sale. Yes. If, if, he, if he can't sell it digitally. Yeah. Just put it, put it up. Uh, just put it up. Yeah. On the, on the Comixology, your image store and just yeah. see what happens. That I would buy digital it. Digital exclusive. Alternatively, yeah. everyone loves a flip book. Yeah. Yeah. Just pick pick a pick like Savage Dragon like two twenty five or something and slap it on the back. That would yeah. make great filler for an anniversary issue. Yeah, two twenty five is not too far off. Second bit of news, Raven. Oh yes, um, I think everybody will be extremely excited for this news. It's it's just such a it's not at all a divisive topic. A watershed moment of Savage Dragon history. <laughs> I think it's going to be really a, a great issue. It's going to be the best issue. Really the best. Really the best issue. Just no no other issue like it's it. It's going to be bigly. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Uh, Larson confirmed on Facebook, I have drawn Donald Trump with every president since Clinton. I have had the president appear in at least a panel. So I thought I'd get it over with. So Donald Trump will be in Savage Dragon. Uh, he went on to say... It's in a let's just get this out of the way kind of way. We see him on TV giving his victory spiel where a supporter yells out, kill Obama, just like in real life. So I hope there's like an asterisk and like a, an editor's note box that says, this actually happened. <laughs> you know what? I am surprised. Here's what I am surprised. I am amazed that I've not seen one person say, He's shoving his politics down our throat. <laughs> I've not seen it once. I've been looking and looking and no one has You've seen You've been it. ready to like retaliate. Say it. Say it. Say it. No, I just expected so it. You're just like on Facebook with your finger like ready to like pounce. <laughs> just got a jag safe to a Give me a spot. reason. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I think uh, it's kind of funny because – I know a lot of people are passionate, and I won't get into any of that at all. But I will say that as caricature-style people, like just people with a weird look, go. Like, you're never going to have a better punching bag than Trump. Like, he's just got such a weird look. Do you, do you remember the Savage Dragon issue where, like, it opens up with Bill Clinton, like a full splash page of Bill Clinton's face? The smiling face, reaching out. Yeah. I don't. Which issue? You was don't that? remember? It was like in the. It was like during the SOS period. Yeah, I think right? he, was try, he was shaking. He was trying to shake uh, Super Patriot's hand because he was a big fan. Yeah, and Super Patriot is like super conservative. No, right? Oh no, no, he's, he's a liberal. He's super yeah, liberal, right. but he still that's didn't right. like Bill Clinton very much. Is that <laughs> yeah. it? I don't remember. It, it was uh, Rex, which was super conservative. Right. I know somebody was having. A, they were having a fight about it. I remember all I remember is bushwhacked. I remember Bush getting you know clobbered. That was the imposter. 
I was the imposter. That's, and that I made remember, it okay. I, I remember Terry and Bush on the cover of one. <laughs> the Obama. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're all gra- where they're grabbing their collars like. <laughs> Dude, was was the Obama cover four years ago or eight years ago? Uh, it would have been eight years. Eight, it would have been. The oh my god! First election. That's yeah. insane. That seems like it was like a couple years ago that comic came out. You know. It does, dude. Because <laughs> remember, like he did it, and then all of a sudden, I was like, Spider Man did it, and then like everybody started doing it. We well, you know then, it's funny, and not to get into your life so much, but like you, we were talking about like landmarks and everything else. You know, I was saying that Nick Justice, his baby is the same age as Malcolm's babies. And you're for the listener, Nick Justice is uh he's been a host a couple times and uh has he done a couple of backups or He was a founding father, wasn't he? No, he no, he means in the book. I don't think he's drawn any backups in Savage Dragon. No, but yeah, he was fine. he did do the first episode with us, the, he the did. Fincast. First yes. one or two, I think. Yes. So I just wanted to put that note in there. No, he he only did the first episode, then Adam joined us on the second. Gotcha. So anyway, sorry, Raven. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it needed context. Uh, But like uh, Nick Justice's kids are, you know, his kid is as old as Malcolm's kid because they had him basically, they were born in the same month. I guess uh, your daughter's the same age as uh, Betty Bradford, little mighty man. Yeah, six years old. (laughs) Oh, that real time is so weird. And I feel like my kid's kind of controlled. Like, it wouldn't be like, if she was Mighty Man, wouldn't be ripping apart the city. I, I feel like six-year-olds probably haven't know what right and wrong are. Yeah. You're not agreeing with me, Craig. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Craig just got a distant sound in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know what right and wrong is, but do they listen? <laughs> I just like the landmarks. Like, it's just funny. Like, it, it, talk about things seeming like they were yesterday. It seems like bumbling Mighty Man that was just wobbling around goo goo was hauled off of panel, like, yeah. just yesterday. And now, all of a sudden, Mighty Man 6. It's like, whoa, what? Yeah, because that, that was, like, one of Malcolm's, like, first, like, in, uh, solo encounters, wasn't it? Was Mighty Man going nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So very, very, very interesting. Very interesting. So uh, we've, uh, Craig, you want to lead us into our next Jumping. section? Sure. So our uh, next segment is our interesting conversation segment where you, the listener, are asked to write in with whatever questions you'd like the host to discuss. And uh, you can contact us at savagefincast at gmail.com. Each episode, one listener will receive a one-of-a-kind FinCast t-shirt designed for 2016. I think this would probably be our last one for 2016. Uh, We may switch it up, uh, our prizes for 2017. But for now, the t-shirt that you will receive will never be for sale and never be available after this year. So uh, let's, uh, let's get to the questions. And they look good. So we we got a couple of questions this week. We'll start off with uh, John Pinozzi. And John wrote, I've suggested this idea for a interesting conversation before, but you didn't use it. Hopefully you'll consider it now. It's, are there any specific actors, celebrities, you think would be good choices for specific Dragonverse characters due to acting ability and or physical resemblance? You can include people who are now dead or too old to play the characters now. I've got, what do you guys think? I've got one 
but I don't know if uh, you guys will know him off the top of your head. Did either of you have either of you followed like any like current WWE wrestling? I do like, a in little the last bit. Five years. I think yeah. the wrestler Ryback would be the perfect Mako. <laughs> Ryback. He's got the right he, Ryback. He's got the same like. How do you spell that? I gotta look. Ryback R Y B A C K. Yeah. He's got he's got like this like super muscly like in hu- as a human he's got like the same build as Mako. You just put a shark head on top of that. He's got like no neck. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He looks just. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, yeah, I get it. That's kind of cool. <laughs> They're just gonna like make the movie and then like just put on this giant prosthetic shark head well i i was thinking more uh doing the motion capture and the with the balls and then you just kind of build the character on top of his already his body type so it just seems like more natural and just ever since i started watching wrestling and he, he's been around i went that guy moves and acts like mako he's even got a he's even got a shark theme already <laughs> his, his, shark catchphrase, theme? his catchphrase is feed me more <laughs> yeah that could work. But that, I can see the first one that just jumped to me. What do you got there, Raven? I'm going to say uh, Scarlet Ho- Scarlet Johansson uh, could be Maxine. <laughs> what? Oh, oh that's because uh, oh, a ghost in the show? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that movie. I'm joking. No, I uh, honestly, uh, what's so funny is that, like, you know, I feel out of the loop on, like, modern celebrities. I feel like everybody I would list would be, like, too old to play. And I know John gave us that out. So I'm going to go ahead and just say, like, I feel like Rosario Dawson would make a sweet aunt. Okay. Like, because, you know, ants got kind of a, you know, I think, I don't know what ants' actual ethnicity is, but whatever. People can play different, whatever. So I like Rosario Dawson. I see her as aunt. She could make a good aunt. I don't know who I would have play Malcolm. I mean, of course, Malcolm's the most important dude. I think she would make a better Alex Wild, actually. Who, Rosario for Alex Wild? Yeah. I could see that. Just get her in there. She's good. I like yeah, yeah. Her. <laughs> I still stick with, uh, I think Henry Rollins would be awesome as old man dragon. Like oh, the skinny yeah. dragon. Yeah. I also, um, I, I don't know. I had a good one for Angel, but I can't remember who she is. Uh, let me work on that. I was thinking of the, the girl from, uh, uh, what's the, the Mark uh, Millar superhero movie? Oh, uh, um, Kick-Ass? Kick-Ass? Yeah, what's that girl that plays in that? She's kind of older now, but she might be a good Angel. Oh, for Angel? Mm, yeah. She's too nostrily. Uh, think Chloe <laughs> Moret is that is that what Chloe Moretz I think yeah Sarah Michelle Geller as Angel yeah she no as Dart in her prime <laughs> she would make a great Dart yeah 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 she would probably make a good Dart now is what's so funny do you guys are do you guys remember the um, nine oh two one oh reboot. No, I remember that it happened, but I don't remember it. Like the African-American kid was like the lead. His mm. name is Tristan Wilds. He would make a great Malcolm, I think. He's kind of got that Malcolm look. Tristan Wilde, huh? I'm going to Google 90210 now. 
make. I'm just I've never really been a. It's kind of like how I'm not really an art guy. I'm not really an actor guy, so it's hard for me to like remember who people are. Oh, you know who would probably no. no. Oh, I see him, Craig. That's spot on, dude. Yeah. Do you know? Did either of you guys see Prometheus? Yes. Right. Yes. Do you know the the woman with the hair, like uh, <laughs> the. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, perfect. Um, the uh, the Wayland, the daughter. Uh, okay, I, I don't remember. I think I'll look her up real quick. I also think Sienna Miller would be a good dart. The real question is, who does uh, Idra Elba's, Elba play? Because he's in everything. <laughs> I Actually, like, uh... mm, I was going to say voice Overlord, but we know what o- Overlord looks like. So under the armor. You can have anybody be the voice, though. Uh, shoot, where is it? Yeah, I'm like super out of the loop on actors. Like people are always like, "Oh, blah 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 is cheating on yada yada," and I'm like, I have no idea who that is, and I don't care. <laughs> who was it? I guess Hannah Montana grew up to be. She would probably make a really good uh, no. angel. No. No. <laughs> But no. Miley Cyrus is a mess. No way. No, I'm thinking of someone else then. It's not Miley Cyrus I'm thinking of. Oh, what is it? So Because they were like, you won't believe how blah blah looks. And I'm like, well, they were always attractive, so that's not really a stretch. This is the most pitiful segment. Sorry, we're all guys. So out of touch. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're all so painfully out of touch. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave us the out, so we could be naming, like, anybody... Like so, <laughs> I think we should move Humphrey on. Humphrey Bogart is Savage Drag. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Abraham Lincoln. Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good question. I think we're the wrong people to answer it. Is what's said. I think we did a good enough job. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we didn't. All right, let's move on to the next one. Then uh, Matt Hickman wrote, "Hey guys, Matt Hickman here." First off, I'd like to thank Raven for the t-shirt. It's both stylish and comfortable. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about, uh, I guess he won. Oh, I guess I probably should read the rest of the letter first yes. before I jump. <laughs> Secondly, love the show. Since I got the Magical Girl Maxine one, it got me thinking what other amalgam-style mashups of Savage Dragon and whatever you guys would like to see. Here's hoping I win so I get a Thunderhead shirt. So he's talking – you did a – one of your shirt prizes was Maxine mashed up with Sailor Moon, right? Right, because she was wearing the uh, – that was actually Jim's suggestion. Because I think and she should become a real magical girl. She wouldn't <laughs> have to worry about getting her head uh, knocked off. <laughs> they were they were constantly making Sailor Moon jokes too. Right, because she was always wearing the, the, the Sailor costume as her school uniform even after she graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So uh, – it made perfect sense to me. So when we did the mashup, I thought it was a home run, a home dunk, as we like to say here on the FinCast. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that that was good. As far as mashups, like, you know, so we were thinking, like, you know, like combinations, combos here. What do you guys got? Uh, I'm so out of it. I, I really don't know. Make it some old thing you like then. I know you like old things, too. Uh... Then step aside, my friends. Go ahead. Go for it. Found in a burning field by uh, Eustace, <laughs> by, by, Eustace um, uh, by Frank Fargo. 
trained in the academy for 15 years. He is Judge Dragon. <laughs> the mean streets of I City 1. I didn't see that coming. Well, see, since you've got the main character, you gotta you gotta mash up those uh, supporting cast. Well, really sell it. To, to be you. fair, that's actually kind of easy. His sidekick, of course, would be a mixture between uh, Alex and Judge Hershey. Uh, would be um, I'm bad with names. <laughs> uh, Alex Hershey. That's pretty easy, actually. Was that the blonde girl in the new movie with Keith Urban? No, that is Judge Anderson. She is a telepath. Probably mix her with, uh, oh, who's in, she isn't really a sidekick, she's, in the comic, she's more of a side character, uh, co-star, if you will, in her own series. Probably would have to, like, mix her with Dart, original. You want to talk about a good angel, that girl was just shockingly attractive in that movie. Good choice. Yeah, actually, that would probably be a pretty good angel. She's probably a, a few years too old now. But at that time, she probably would have been a good fit. Because Angel's like, what, 18 to 21? Yeah. I don't, you know what's funny is I don't know shit about Judge Dredd, so you could totally just be lying and making it. Yeah, right. Oh, no. <laughs> all, all, all other Judge Dredd fan will, will completely, completely understand my references. Uh, <laughs> it's just... I don't know. They just kind of fit together so neatly. I keep trying to write scripts about him, like full <laughs> scripts, like comic book scripts. Mm-hmm. They don't go anywhere. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, not really an amalgam, but uh, I could totally see like Kill Cat and Kid Avenger merged with uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Yeah, they're both archetypically similar. They're both bumblers and. Two of them are like I think. finesse characters, and two of them are like powered guys from the future. How about Kerr, Herald of Galactus? <laughs> that would be nuts. That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm sure Universo's in the in the in the in the uh, looking for one. Or you could do that too. That'd be a good Elseworld. Yeah, that's like a super slam dunk combo. Her herald of Galactus. <laughs> People would be so fucked. <laughs> He's just so evil. He's just so evil. He's ruthless. Um, what do, what do you got, Raven? You got one? You got anything? We're you not know, letting you off. Who, who are you going to mix Rodney with? Come on. I'd rather, <laughs> that's you know. Uh, I I gotta say, I know it sounds funny because they're so similar, but I think that's why it would make such a delicious combo. Oh. I'd like to see a uh, Savage Dragon Invincible Malgam. Really, those two. Just smash them up. Just not, how not Alan the Alien. Just because. Just think about like just how weird and like cool those combos could be. Like there could be like a robot overlord combo. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh you mean the comics Invincible and Savage Dragon? You don't. Oh yeah. The character Invincible and Savage Dragon. Well, I mean, you know, you can jam Malcolm together with whoever, you know, you think makes an interesting combo. I always thought it would be kind of interesting since Dragon shits on Superman so much. Ah. It'd be interesting to see how he would change with his mindset and those powers. If he could fly. If he could do, you know, all those Solar Man things. 
you know, you read the Savage Dragon Superman combo. He spends his whole time talking about, like, you know, what a putz he is. So Jennifer and Eve merge together? Just, yeah, dude, just smash them together. Smasher and Eve, whatever you want to do. I just think there's so much room. Adam to- Smasher, it writes himself. The Astonishing Shrew. <laughs> Shrew and Wolfman. Tech Jacket and uh, Tank. Mm-hmm. Battle Tank. Just jam it. Just smash these characters together. And those two comics are so similar that it would work. That's why I think it would be good. If you want something that's completely ridiculous, just jam it together. Like, there's no way it should work. So let's see how this shakes out. It would be cool to see, uh, like, Hellboy and Savage Dragon smashed together, amalgamated. To be fair, they're, they're fairly similar. Yeah, you know, I think in, so. In particular, you know, they're both, you know, strong ground-based fighters. And they have, like, you know, support teams that they sometimes, well, in the early days they work with, but basically separated at a certain point. Like, the Freak Force and the BDRB uh, are could be, like, merged together. I'm thinking from a visual standpoint how cool it would be to just imagine, like, here's this red dragon. Y- yeah. You, so, he's got- so, so he'd be, like, he looks sort of like dragon, with but with horns and a tail and red. Oh, yeah, just smash him together, like, mix him up. Like, he'd be, like, re- Savage Dragon Finn, but red, and he'd have, like, a right and left hand of doom. Mm. So he'd just have giant stone fists on each arm. And he, too, can go to hell. <laughs> See? I, I'm just telling you. Did I ever say my greatest d- disappointment is that when Dragon was, quote-unquote, dead, like, the third time, was at the same time that Dragon, uh, uh, Hellboy was in Hell, it was, like, the perfect opportunity to have him have another crossover? And it never happened. Or if, or if they just bumped into each other for a panel and was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, then, um, then Dark Lord brought it back to life a few issues later. Yeah, I think when you're doing a successful amalgam, you really want that cool visual. Like, uh, you want something, like, Judge Dragon is a cool visual. Well, it's just Dragon in Dread's uniform, actually. It's actually, it's striking, but it's not very, uh, like, I guess, it's not as, like, are either of you guys familiar with the original amalgam that Marvel and DC did? Oh yeah, because yeah, I those absolutely are garbage. why I adored. It. <laughs> it was like the, the best. Of- I don't know. I, I actually I'm talking out my ass. I just saw the covers and I didn't like them. I did not read any of them. I hated the design work on a really? lot of those mashups. It was like Wolverine, Batman. Okay, get yes, out of here. that get out of here. Was bad. Super Soldier was great. It was Captain okay. America carrying Superman's chest shield as a shield. That was brilliant. Okay. All right. All right. Didn't I'll they call that. the Wolverine Batman guy Dark Claw? I don't. Yeah. That, I'm basing <laughs> all of my opinion on that cover yeah. in that title. So right. I'm sorry, Jim. I'll, if I, w- I will give you that one. Okay. But got, like Spider Boy by 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 Mike Ringo was like one of the best. Yeah, people yeah. really like that. Actually, I mean that that issue actually had a lot of really cool. I think Ladron drew that from uh, uh, what's that? Uh, Hip flask. Uh, no, it was Mike, Mike 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 Ringo. Oh, he drew it. He drew it. I don't I know. Thought Ledron, Ledron drew an issue of that or something. He might have drawn the following year's uh, Spider Boy team up, where he met the yeah. Legion of the Legion of Galactic Guardians 2099, <laughs> which was the Legion of Superheroes mixed with anybody. Um, mixed with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Some or? of them, yes, but there's so many Legionnaires they just kind of drew from. All, all over the place. 
to make all the amalgams work. Um, my, my my absolute favorite though was uh, Lobo the Duck. Oh god, that one was amazing. And it's funny because like they're even doing stupid stuff like that now with like Deadpool the Duck and stuff, yeah. and it's just like. I just that makes me want to just go lay down. Well, multiverses are hot again. <laughs> they don't scare people anymore. Or uh-huh. they still scare me. I love. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all right. So amalgams are fun. I love amalgams. I mean, I I could do non Savage Dragon ones all day, like like Superman, Astro Boy, and stuff like that, but. It's tougher with Dragon. You kind of got to think it through because you're not just merging characters. You've got to find two worlds that can be somewhat compatible with the, each other. Because you ha- when you're making a good amalgam, you have to like take historical story beats and kind of make them also merge those in a natural fashion. I think I think for me, as long as you have a cool visual, I think that that makes it work a lot. That goes a long way. Yeah. Like when I said Invincible and Savage Dragon, like I just mentally visualized like that Invincible costume, not with the goggles and stuff. Right. Clear, I mean, technically, what's funny is the top of his costume, the head is open. I mean, so yeah, what, you could would do. It, would that. it make more sense to merge Malcolm with Bulletproof? Maybe, but his the top of his costume is closed, like. I just visual that visual. If I could draw it, you would like it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> like that visual of that costume, but like on Malcolm's like crazy giant torso, little leg body type. Mm. Just think it'd look cool. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's let's wrap this uh, this segment up. Uh, we selected the winner, and it's uh, John Pinozzi for uh, this this bout this this round. So. John, uh, send uh, your information over to us. You can reach us at savagefincast at gmail.com. And for your listeners out there who want to submit a question for our next episode, the same thing. Send your questions to savagefincast at gmail.com, and we'll read them on our next episode. Also, happy birthday, John, as fate would have it. What, today? Yeah, pays to play. (laughs) One at one. How do you know it's his birth from Facebook or something? From Facebook. Oh, all right, cool. Stalker. I know, Um, dude. I'm crazy. So, should we talk about uh, what we're all here for? I have one news item. This is not even really news. It just occurred to me. I know. It just occurred to me while we were talking about mashups and amalgams. But uh, I have a news item that's not really news at all. But it's kind of news, I guess. It was just that. uh, Eric was trying for the Ninja Turtles to come back for issue 222. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing that. It got complicated because yeah. Viacom owns them now. Fell through. Confirmed not going to happen. Wah, wah. So, oh, it's actually confirmed? Like, confirmed. I remember he wasn't getting a response. Well, they, he, he finally said they sent him back a thing and were like, uh, you know, nah, we can't, you know, we can't make it work or whatever else. So confirmed not happening. Oh, it's such garbage. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, it just sucks. I mean, it's hard, dude, when corporations, when it started, it was just two independently owned characters and it was a quick conversation. I mean, Viacom can't do it because they've got deals with IDW. Peter Laird can't do it because he's got very strict rules about what he can and cannot do for his, you know, his particular version of the Turtles. It's just one of those things that sucks. And it's one of the worst, it's one of the, it's one of the, probably one of the worst sellouts in comic book history. 
<laughs> of how big turtles are and like what they represent to like independent comics. You know, it, it's funny because I agree with you 100%. And at the same time, you want to know what's really funny about Ninja Turtles? Is that there's a Bill Finger situation going on. You know who Bill Finger is, right? I do not. Yeah. Okay. In case nobody knows, Bill Finger, a lot of the stuff you know and love about Batman, right. Bob Kane didn't make up. Right. Bill Finger did, right? Well, it's the same thing with the Ninja Turtles. A lot of the things you know and love about Ninja Turtles, like the dude that wrote the cartoon show in the 1980s, right. he made all that stuff up. Right. Like their personalities, the different colors, like right. all those things that a lot of people, for a lot of people, that is what the Ninja Turtles are. Okay. That guy made up and nobody knows his name. Even now I'm telling you the story and don't know his name. And like, it's just funny because it's kind of weird because you're absolutely right. Uh, Ninja Turtles was just like the ultimate in indie comic success stories. And at the same time, a lot of what they are is owed to the corporate, like, you know, without yeah. that cartoon. Yeah. What would have turtles gone, become as big if it wasn't for that TV show? And it, the, the story of that TV show is kind of funny because it, it wasn't the TV show that it was all about. It was about the toy line. Right. The whole point, the TV show was a promotional tool for the toy line from playmates. Mm-hmm. And after that initial, I believe five episode miniseries, they were done. They weren't paying for it anymore. And so the studio that made it, I believe, forked over the money to continue it for like four or five more or six more seasons. That's why when you see like the, the box sets, it has the name of the studio on it because uh, mm. it's like a it's like, I don't know, some sort of like legal thing. It's differentiated or something, but it's weird. It, it's kind of a sad thing because like it's it's funny, the, ser- the history of Savage Dragon, like it's yeah. been around so long that like Ninja Turtles used to be just an easy grab. Just a quick phone call away, and you could have the Ninja Turtles in your comic, and and now it's like just too many legal hoops to jump through. Right. Yeah. So sorry, I know that was a weird sort of a news item, but it just came back to me. I was like, oh wait a minute, yeah, that's right, that happened. Just on- had to go out on a downer. <laughs> sorry. Well, let's bring it back up. Let's talk about the meat and potatoes. <laughs> Savage Dragon 217, where we finally find out who that guy is on the cover. Who's that guy? Who's that Pokemon? Jim, you totally called it like six months ago, I think. Did I call it? Oh, the, oh who it was? Yes, yeah. you well, did, dude. No, it blew my mind. Well, wait a minute. How is that not completely obvious? They wear the same hat. I, did, I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was like hair. Like, I don't know. No, that's totally the helm, the, the crown he was wearing in like every appearance he'd had up to that point. It was like, I don't know, just the first thing that jumped out at me. I thought it was like exploding solar plexus, man. <laughs> like, I have no, like, I didn't, I just didn't know. Like, the hat wasn't enough for me to get it. It's like one of those Dragon Ball Z guys or something. <laughs> well, I remember when Jim put the thing up. Yeah, Eric was like, oh, good. Someone's doing his homework. Yeah, I remember that, too. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? How'd you guess that? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I guess I'm just that good. We didn't know that water wasn't lasers. <laughs> I think that's going to be brought up every episode. <laughs> <laughs> for, in perpetu- 
it, it, it just just forever. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, we don't have an awesome track record of like, you know, getting it every time. Yeah. I'm All right, sorry. so so let's get into this. I will say the cover is awesome. It it, it tells you everything you need. Mysterious bad guy blasts your heroes. Yeah, technically, this is the end of the crossover. This is the final issue of the crossover, yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it, we got Ant and uh, Spawn and, you know, Malcolm going in the last hurrah. Do you, um, what do you guys think about the red logo with Ant o- over top of it? You think that was the right choice? I'm okay uh, with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It didn't bother me. Hmm. I don't know, just looking at it now, it kind of feels like maybe they should have been a different color to... You know, make her pop out a little better. I feel like the red went with the overall color palette of the whole comic, that, like the whole cover. True. So I feel like kind of maybe they like didn't have a choice so much. Yeah, maybe making it like green or something just did not look good. But no, that's a great cover. Um, that's an awesome cover. And I want to say we've been talking about the color experiment um, that's been going on. Of course, we haven't gotten to hear Craig's thing, but you can see on this very first panel we're getting a little back into texturing and like the dirt on the ugly that's, you know, like laying on the ground. Yeah. I like it. So yeah. how are you feeling about that, Craig? I like it. I mean, I like him always mixing things up. Uh, he's still doing a lot of just flat colors, but. With texture. Yeah. Yeah. He hit. I think this whole issue is a lot of just flats. Hitting it with that sponge brush tool <laughs> in Photoshop. I do love the backgrounds. Well, with all the, the cops or with all like all of the, those individual the trussle above the head shadow, like a little extra scene. You know, the buildings are cool. Got to say, drawing all that stuff on the shelves in the supermarket must have been murder. Oh, boom, pal tacos for the yeah. Winter. I got a lot of Easter eggs there. <laughs> I think I, on one panel, there's guy and Duder is on one of the boxes. Really? Now I'm looking. I, I love just the scene of the babies exploding melons and stuff. That shit is hilarious. You gotta learn early if you're gonna murder every bad guy you run into. <laughs> I do like uh, when they're what are they talking about? Like on the phone. I forget what panel it is, and they're like, uh, "Who sent?" Oh, uh, Maxine on the second panel, first page, and she's like talking to. To uh, uh, what's her name, Angel, and she's like, "Oh, last I heard from Malcolm, he and Ant teamed up with Spawn." It's just funny, like comic book language. Like in real life, no one would say that. Maxine watches a lot of a lot of movies. <laughs> oh, they <laughs> teamed up with Spawn. They had a team up. Yeah, I don't know. This book's it's always been kind of self aware about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny though. She's just saying it sarcastically. We remember the whole "When are you going to have an evil twin?" conversation. Yeah. When are you going to have an evil twin? It's like, it's kind of funny that, you know, in the world they live in, that's an actual thing you might have to think about. I mean, this is a world where it's implied that the Avengers exist, but also the Avengers movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hell, I mean, Thunderhead's wearing a Punisher shirt. He is. Man, Frank Castle must be branching into marketing. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, I, I like uh, any anytime you get Thunderhead in there, just as much Thunderhead as you can jam in this book. For a moment, I thought someone shot him in the face. <laughs> My heart stopped. I won't lie. 
One of the babies threw a melon through him. Yes. <laughs> Splut. Oh, you know what I want to say? Um, reading Savage Dragon has made me like so aware of like lettering and colorists and stuff that where I never paid attention in any other books. The the crazy thing I kind of surprised myself when I got to the second page. I saw the pow sound effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that doesn't look like a Chris Eliopoulos sound effect. Like I've never seen that before. Like and really- so I like. Yeah, I flip to the the inside cover and it's oh, it's Russ Wooten. It's like it's pretty crazy when you actually like have read a book and you're so into a book that you can tell when the letterist, you know, it's not the same. Oh, I was is that completely changed? I'm glad you said that because I was gonna say that the sound effects in this issue don't have the thick borders like what we're used to. Yeah. And it's funny to say that it's a it's not ever really a problem. I mean, hoo hoo, the thin thin lines on a sound effect, oh no. But I'm just saying that like we did actually talk about it in a previous fincast. Yeah. That like uh whenever the uh sound effects have that really thin outline, it just doesn't match up with the more hand lettered like sound no, effects it- that we used to. Chris's stuff looks more ingrained with it, like a, a hand drawn, and this looks real computer generated. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Even though I believe it's has been for a while. No, no, I know that, but Chris's stuff is is computer generated, but it's made to look hand drawn. Yeah. You know, like when I see it, I, I don't get that it doesn't pop out with these sound effects. I see them, and it kind of just yeah takes me out of it a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, these are computer generated. I feel. I feel like. Um, they should have the same sort of color texturing as everything else to make them blend in a little bit more, feel less jarring. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest... Go ahead, Raven. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to repeat myself. I was going to say, I think as long as the thickness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't match his pencil line either at all, you know? Yeah, it's just way too thin. It's like a really unnatural, like the th- almost the thinnest line on the page is not as thin as those lettering. It's all, they're also really sharp, mm-hmm. uh, where, of course, um, Eric's, like, inks are, like, super, like, rugged, natural, I guess. Hand. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a disconnect. Yeah, it definitely yeah. looks like a sticker slapped on top. It's just crazy when you read a book long enough that you, you just know, you just tell those, like, subtle differences pop out to you. It's hilarious, because I wasn't going to say anything, because I thought to myself, hey, you're just being a picky bastard. <laughs> We're all picky bastards. And... <laughs> I'm glad you said something. It allowed me to be a picky bastard with you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the babies in the market is good. And then this double page spread. Oh, baby. Yeah, that's going to go for a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. You know, when we're talking about wants, wants and wishes and desires, right? So I know that, again, we're just trying to, you know, we're playing couch commando here. So, you know, wish in one hand, shit in the other. But, uh, do you know, how badass would it be to just have the option to buy this as a poster? What? Oh, that? Yeah. Yeah, just a print. Just a yeah. print. Like, wouldn't yeah. that be a sweet-ass poster? Definitely. The pose is freaking cool. You don't have to uh, necessarily – the beautiful thing is, is again, we live in a print-on-demand world. So you don't even have to like pony up a bunch of dough and print a bunch of posters that you might not be able to sell. Just upload a high-res file to one of these print-on-demand places. Just give people the option. 
if they wanted to just because I would like buy a poster of this. This thing's bad as hell. Yeah, it is really cool. What did you guys think about the sort of the way the flying car was dealt with? <laughs> I didn't, so did I? I looked back to see if I missed something because they talk about what is his name, Mister Gadget, or something? something like that. Yeah, it's Ant's friend, Gadget Man. Did they mention that in previous they, issues? They mentioned in the previous issue of Spawn that she knows a guy who can get him a plane of some kind. But they didn't say like Gadget Man or introduce anybody, right? They uh, didn't introduce him. And Maxine mentions the flying car, but then the next thing you see is them jumping from this explosion. And so it was, it was kind of funny to me. I, again, I'm not really complaining, but it was just kind of a funny uh, way to handle it. I wondered how... If anybody was confused, it didn't confuse me. Actually, I was, I, I was really confused. Out, so it messed with you a little bit. I wondered. I wondered if it confused. Well, people. what happened? It looks like so. I just so it was a while before between issues that I read like the Spawn and and then this issue. And for some reason, I thought they were on like a passenger plane because I saw like the little. There's a big. There's a big like engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside. So, so I'm like, okay, they're in a passenger plane that got destroyed, and I forgot where they were going. I thought they were on some island, but I guess it's Arizona, right? New Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico, Mexico. desert. I don't know. I, I was just confused, it's kind of- and I was like, Gadget Man, did I miss an issue? I'm like going back. Nope. It was all between issues. Like you're learning about Gadget Man right now. In real time. Yeah, because they they like go so into it, like oh, like ants, like Gadget Man's loyal. I trust him with my life. Mm-hmm. They just like talk about his flying car was cool, and I don't know. I just felt like there was something missing. Well, we'll the, say it was their their flight that's missing because yeah, it would have been yeah. full flight until it exploded. And I don't, I get, I don't need to see that flight or anything, but I just. Thought at least Gadget Man should have showed up in a panel of Spawn or something, or they well, should have. Here's what's so funny. Get ready for this. You may have already seen Gadget Man. I think he was the hippie that drove them in the taxi. Oh, all right, that makes all sense. Right. And another Easter egg that was real easy to overlook uh, was behind Malcolm on the plane. Oh, was Ant right? Was Ant? Yeah. Yeah, which I totally didn't. I didn't realize that was in Spawn, right? Yep. So if you go back and you read where Malcolm Malcolm is on the plane, you look behind him, there's, you know, ants right there. So I was like, oh, yeah, well, there you go. So this fire guy's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Little human torch action. Yeah, there's not enough, like, characters like that in Dragon, I think. It's just elemental types that just are covered in it and blasted about. I just think he looks cool. Well, then you probably like electricity guy as well. Uh, not as much. <laughs> I like the spawn. It was given his actual proper spawn look in this issue. Sans big boot. Yeah. yeah, me me and Jim, you know, if you heard that three-hour megathon, we were not fans of the uh, trench coat cape. Yeah, right, I, right. I was not a fan of Commando spawn action figure with karate chop action. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think when you got a big brown cape and the ground is brown, that's not going to look good. I, we still don't know. <laughs> you guys definitely went on about that. You're <laughs> not happy with the brown trench coat. <laughs> I like Gadget Man as an idea. I think Gadget Man is cool. Uh, I, I think it's cool to do. Talk about world building. I, want, I, I, I hope he's a robot. 
I, I hope he's not the hippie. I actually hope I'm wrong. Uh, I hope he's, he's probably a, the, the hippie, like microchip or something, like just a regular dude that makes gadgets. Be kind of neat if Ant just had like a whole posse of just random people with a random, te- random like ability, uh, random like uh, skills that she just calls upon on her globe trotting adventures. I, I'm, I'm really interested uh, to see what's up. I like how also too Spawn's a bit of a dick in this issue. Spawn is a massive dick, like a super huge, throbbing, massive dick. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> veiny. <laughs> yeah, like he's like maybe your friend Gadget Man tipped him off. It's kind of like it's just a shitty place for him to go. Yeah, he's like on his like period or something. He is. He, he doesn't trust anybody. Which he's just on, he just went on this like super bumpy plane ride all the way to New Mexico or something. He's just hungry and low blood sugar. I, he forgot he he forgot he needs to eat. Needs Lots of snips. turbulence. Stupid capes dragging in the wind. <laughs> Stupid cape. I do like uh, when the like chains are killing people on the uh, the page that starts with hack. You know, and Malcolm's losing his hand there. Yeah. I, I do love the dude in the very last panel with, like, baby arms and baby feet coming out of his face. Uh, oh, I didn't even uh, notice that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Wait <laughs> a minute. Kind of, Where? Like, oh. the very last panel. There's so a six-panel oh, page. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's, his head is, like, a baby. Yeah. It's like talking I about, didn't even notice that. Talking about drawing the short straw. So I like I, – this is what I love. So there's that panel where Spawn's certain and the heroes are surrounded by dead bodies and Malcolm's like, what the hell is that? And gives him the whole spiel about not killing people. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the page before that, Malcolm's punching the jaw off a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a hypocrite. Definitely he's, a hypocrite. He's got a, I got to say, this whole thing that it leads to between Spawn and Malcolm, Malcolm really comes off as naive, like really naive. And I, but I think that that's good. I wonder if that's. I, I want it to be intentional. I want it to be yeah. written that way, and it's not, you know, Eric, his personal view, because sometimes he writes his personal views into the comic. I, I, I just really hope it's just Malcolm being Malcolm, being young and inexperienced, and being a cop means he wants to trust cops, and but he just, he just, this whole thing just kind of read as as naive to me. I'm telling you the best line to ever hit. I know what you're going to say. I wrote it down, too. (laughs) This is the best. When Spawn tells him how to dragon race such a goddamn pussy for his son. (laughs) That's number one. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down. He's like the worst father. (laughs) I love it. It was the funniest thing. When I read that, you know, people LOL all the time on the Internet and they don't mean it. I literally burst out laughing. I looked like a maniac. There were people around me. It was it's it's just too funny. That shit is too funny. I, I also think Eric is like a master at drawing like um uh I don't know how to say it, but like uh, uh body language, I guess. Mm. Like so you look at that bottom panel and like Swan's just like huffing away and Malcolm's <laughs> chasing after him. It's like he's captured it so well. Like you can look at that and see that Spawn just kind of like marching away pissed. Mm-hmm. The Malcolm, yeah, Malcolm's just kind of chasing after him, nagging him. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like, uh, he really sold the shit out of the sequence. It's a good sequence, even though, like, kind of... It's a good sequence because it tells us that these people are working together, but they kind of don't like each other. (laughs) Like, a lot. I don't like a I don't like a team up when people are just too chummy too. Yeah, when it's just unrealistic, like click unrealistically, and so like you know Al Simmons doesn't really know Malcolm, and it was funny because even over the crossover, you you sort of got that Al Simmons didn't really know Malcolm, so it's kind of funny. Like I think we've talked about it in previous filmcasts about how like Malcolm doesn't just automatically have all the ties and connections that Dragon had. Yeah. So it is kind of a cool, like, you talk about, like, things in the comic. It is kind of cool to, like, show that really he he's not there yet, you know. He, he doesn't have all the respect that his dad had. And really, right. the only reason they're together is because they both owe Ant one. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, Nikos colored the shit out of the next couple of pages when... When you see like the silhouettes of Dragon and Spawn, which kind of brings me back to like a throwback period of Dragon. I think Eric used to do this a lot more, but it's really effective. Mm-hmm. And you see the sun setting. And so you see like the view of like the sun setting and then the next couple of panels, the way the lighting's on them, you really captures that like Oh yeah. Totally agree. It's it's such a good job of coloring. Yeah, totally agree. Or like Those, the way you can see the van through the dust. Yeah, yeah. That's it's just, nice. Yeah, yeah, I just like those warm kind of colors, uh, just kind of subtle. And then as it goes on, so you go from like the white background pages to the black ones as the night com- kind of comes over. And that's probably Eric doing that. But the colorist just, you know, how Nikos made the colors just kind of a lot darker and just – uh it's just a subtle look, but it, it really – I think it really pays off well. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. This was – the color on this was dynamite. Miley yeah. Cyrus concert shuttle. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like where does he come up with this stuff? <laughs> it's like what? No, it's good. I, I totally agree. I was going to compliment that uh, silhouette panel. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. It's fantastic. It almost makes you wish the whole issue was kind of like night, because I think Spawn looks best kind of as a nighttime character. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It, it was good, though. I like the transition, even like, you know, kind of like you said, like when it starts, it's all like, you know, it's daytime in Chicago. And even when they're down in New Mexico beating the shit out of people, I mean, the background's all orange and blue. And then just this transitioned into like suddenly it's like this night mission and they're trying to sneak into the camp. It's just great like contrast just between those two. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't need 65 text boxes telling you (laughs) what's going on. Dig. I don't like this guy. (laughs) The sun is falling. It's now nighttime. We move towards the camp. (laughs) The van is small. I'm Batman. There's a a Miley Cyrus concert shuttle. My armor's like three sweaters now. Something tells me that's not a real Miley Cyrus concert shuttle. (laughs) As Ant's as Ant's costume pulls off of her face, I can now see her face because the costume. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's kind of funny how they both have shape-shifting uniforms. Mm-hmm. How handy. Very convenient. It is kind of cool, too, when you have, like, uh, three kind of minority characters in this, you know? like Yeah, yeah. I say, here again, here's a comic. Everybody wants to beat their chest about diversity and stuff. And here's a comic that's really not, like, beating its chest about it. It's just like, here it is. It's like, boom. Everybody, like, pretty much. Like, Maxine is your only... Uh, not Maxine, but Angel is, like, your only really, like, Caucasian lead character right now. Yeah. Which is the total reverse of, like, almost every other book. Right. So they go to the camp, and apparently there's a bunch of kiss-asses just hanging around trying to get powers off of Alzea Stone, which uh, he used to have... What was his other name before he was Alzea Stone? Like, the Ancient One or the Chosen One? Yeah, I think it was the Ancient One. Ancient One is more badass. That's all I was going to say. I didn't really like it because it sounded like too much like... Well, it, it it's like Doctor Strange's mentor's names, like the, the Ancient One or... Oh. Or like Shazam's wizard. I guess that's the wizard Shazam. I guess that's not really the ancient one. But yeah, I, I want to say that even in the latest Doctor Strange movie, the ancient one is like a like important character. So. Okay. See, it's funny is I'm not the biggest like Doctor Strange fan, so I don't I know shit about it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, just, to me, it's just kind of a familiar name that I think has been used a lot in like Marvel and DC comics. I do like that Malcolm's whole, like, oh, we're not going to murder him. We're not going to murder him thing. No murder. Absolutely no murder. Uh, we were just we were just busting his chops about killing all his enemies. So maybe we're going to get our wish granted. Yes. That's he, all. He will, keep, he will keep the order. Oh, can I tell you one thing I kind of found funny, and I missed this, but it was, like, they're talking about uh, having to sneak in. There's one point where they're talking about, where is it? They don't want them to know they're coming. Like, oh, he, so Malcolm, when they're in the van, Malcolm's like, we don't know what kind of communication system they have here, but if word gets out that three superheroes are heading up to confront this guy, there might be hell to pay. Well, didn't they already get attacked by some of his minions? I think don't, that's what doesn't he, was, he already know? That's what he was talking about is that he doesn't know if they like had cell phones and called it back to camp. Yeah. So he wants to keep it, you know, he, he wants to go in incognito. So if that call did come through, they might be able to squeeze through. Oh, I got There's you. Couple, I took it more as they, as, as he sent them out to attack them. Well, you know, those guys were also the ones in that van. Two, two, one beautiful person, one handsome person, and a big green guy with a fin on his head. Not suspicious at all. Yeah, the refugee camp. That's funny too. When you think about it, like Malcolm's one of those superheroes that could never just like hide. Now, like most superheroes can hide in the general population, you know, take off their mask or whatever. He'll never be able to. Plus, he's enormous. <laughs> Plus, he's enormous. Plus, he's giant. And also, like... he has large shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying, yeah. He's not going to be able to really blend in too good. They get up there. There's the ancient one. Sitting on his throne, all Shang Tsung. Just sitting in a cave. Or I guess Jay O'Conn. Sorry. Sitting on his comfortable stone throne, staring mm -hmm. at flames, bored to tears. <laughs> All these sob stories coming to me for superpowers. Oh, we're dumbasses. Ancient one. He's mighty one, isn't he? Mighty one. Uh, so all right. Calls him mighty that one. That makes, yeah, that, that sounds right. Okay. So he's yeah. the mighty man in some way. They call him mighty one, like, multiple times. I'm an idiot. So basically, like, 
you know, and he, he drops a line. It's cool. You never know what's nothing. You never know what's foreshadowing. But Stone drops a line that there's a storm coming. Could be an illusion. Who knows what he knows? But could be an illusion to something coming up. But uh, then he does this cool thing where, like, he makes the cave walls just pop out. Maybe he's prophetic. Maybe he knew Trump would win the election. <laughs> the storm is coming. The main thing I wanted to draw your attention to here is I feel like there's a hilarious little dig at some dialogue we had a problem with where he melts Sponge Chain and he says, with a touch, your living costume melts away like ice on a sunny day. <laughs> and he's all, boing! Now remember, <laughs> weren't we kind of digging on that one like panel? He's like, I, I'm going to make your cape melt. like, Or no, the sword, the katana. He goes to stab the guy with the katana. He's like, my sword melts like paper. And then we were like, what the hell? Melts like, melts like paper. Like paper's, ne- paper's never melted in the history of Earth. Did it really say that? I don't remember that. I got the comic right here. Let's see. It's the guy with the mouth and his teeth. And then you flip open. <laughs> should have been a black box said, how did you read my mind? Bingo. He says, Spawn, Spawn swings the sword of the guy. This is Spawn issue 264 for those of you who want to play along at home. He goes, uh, Spawn swings the katana at him, and the katana melts with fire. And it says, my sword melted away like paper in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember we gave that line hell because we were like, melted like paper. Like, <laughs> uh, It's that Canadian paper. Paper doesn't melt, you know? So, like, we, I remember we bust our chops. So when I was reading this, like, the, the chain flies at the mighty one's hand. And, like, it just, you know, turns into, it just evaporates. And it says, with a touch, your living costume melts away like ice on a sunny day. And I was like, there we go. <laughs> and all was right again. And it was fixed. That just seemed like a funny little, a little dig. Just a funny little dig. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it's just a funny difference there um mighty one here seems to have a, a, a an eclectic mix of powers he he seems to be able to c- generate fire and like control rocks he claims he can manipulate atoms oh right and that's why he, how that's how he can give out powers because he like changes your like your molecular makeup which i'm gonna just say that for a guy who can manipulate atoms, he basically gets beat by them throwing rocks at him. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of my problem a lot with this fight in general, is that the way he sort of describes his powers, and even in some of the ways he uses them, why doesn't he just turn them all to goo with yeah. the wave of his hand? Or turn the rocks into, like, you know, something else like flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's kind glad of that shit. I had a little bit of a problem with uh, how this guy, like he, he, he's flexing such amazing abilities and he is a badass. Like he does a lot of like, you know, he's throwing rocks at him and he's just making the rocks like go away and the rocks, he turns the rocks in the hands again. And, uh, I guess I can't really talk about this too much without just talking about the end, but like, I do love that there was a Brenda Funk callback. Yeah. But, uh, cause again, that's awesome. You know, you were talking Craig about like continuity 
Right. Like it just it's always nice to have some callback there, but like just the way the the way the mighty one like he gets a rock dunked on his head and it breaks his helmet off, and it's like him having his helmet broke off. He's like, oh no. I surrender. And it was yeah, like, I really hurt his head, man. He's got a freaking headache now. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> what is he going to do? He'll surrender and he'll just like use his powers to escape. Yeah, it just like, seemed like he like, could have used his powers to escape or something. Just sink into the earth and then walk out a wall. Yeah, or put a big stone wall up between him and them and like, you know, well, leave. He did do that, but Malcolm punched through it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The giant hands. We don't know exactly how his powers work, so... And we... Mm, I'm sure we'll find out. Well, plus, too, you know, it's funny as shit, he might not really be dead. You never know. Uh, well, that's true. He, he does get covered in rubble. Which clearly is no problem. So, right. yeah, he's dead, guys. Spawn's a dick. <laughs> yeah, Spawn is a dick. I do like how just like that panel, like you just see Spawn come out of the shadows and just fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that is badass, actually. I, I love like just the, where he's just the mask. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I also think it's funny how like right before that, Malcolm's like, you're under arrest, Stone. Yeah, under what jurisdiction are you going to arrest him, Chicago cop? See, that's, that's, that's another thing is he keeps talking about like his authority, but he's way out of his jurisdiction, like way out. <laughs> yeah, New Mexico. <laughs> he he's not a he's not a U.S. marshal. He's not a you know an FBI agent. He's a local city cop. You you, you can't just leave your jurisdiction and have any authority. You know what it is, Jim. What is it? He is the law. Yeah, he's the law. <laughs> so, so apparently Spawn made it out of that rock pile because he's in the new issue of Spawn and doesn't mention anything. I like I to can't... imagine that Spawn is dead and that what we see in Spawn, the series, is now a clone. Replacement, <laughs> fake Spawn. It's just mind heaven. It's a, it's a Leonard of the Duck situation, you see. I do think it's kind of funny how Malcolm just seems to walk away, like just washes his hands of it. Not oh, rock pile. Not going to try to see if my friends are alive. It just. <laughs> I don't want to do the paperwork. Spawn ain't anybody. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, ant being missing is probably the funnier part. Like, yeah, yeah. You would think like him and Spawn didn't get along too good, but course, it's uh, not like. She's an ant. She can dig. I think, you know, you got to think the way it's framed that Ant kind of was responsible for that. So, like, I was thinking that there would maybe be some crossover more between Savage Dragon and Ant whenever that book comes out. Yeah. Probably not so much. I mean. What, you think she was the one who dropped the rocks down? Eh, you know, you see her up there. Right. She's above them both, and then down come the rocks, so. Huh, good point. Technically, Malcolm was the one being the dig. I don't think Ant really had a problem with killing Stone, so. True. So overall. Yeah, I, I, I just, it's another cool villain cut down because, why? Because we've got to show Spawn being ruthless? I mean, sure, okay. I think that was my problem with it, too. Was just like, here's a guy that could have been a cool villain in the book. Yeah. 
And who knows? He could still possibly be. Yeah. And he was built up for so long. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, he's dead. Yeah, he's been being built up for almost, well, he made his first appearance like three or four years ago. Whenever that Brenda Funk stuff happened, which I think was would be immediately after uh, the invasion stuff. Like I'm ready for the next Overlord slash Dart slash Mister Glum slash Dark Lord. I mean, to be fair, he's kind of a Johnny Redbeard because he's a power giver, he's a power broker. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, he's more interesting. <laughs> it's funny that you said that because there's he's had a ton of he's actually had a guy called Power Broker. Yeah. He's had Johnny Redbeard. He's had this mighty one. Yeah, these freaks got to come from somewhere. Yeah, that's uh, – Bel- I mean we Bel- never know. Yeah. Well, he also has Belco Chemicals. They also make super freaks. <laughs> Belco yeah. Chemicals also make freaks. <laughs> Most of, a lot of it's places. A, it's a huge industry. <laughs> People are just lining up to turn into whatever twisted animal-headed monster. Just, yeah, was- just in case they accidentally become a mighty man. Wasn't overly thrilled with the Spawn because again, you know Spawn's a guest character. You know it's not going to go anywhere. Like, for it's not like now Malcolm and Spawn have bad blood, and you know they're going to meet again and like they're going to fist fight. You shouldn't have killed Stone. I wanted to bring him in. Like you know, it's just nothing. You know Spawn's going to be gone. He's not going to be back in the book. So it's kind of a bummer. Kind of would have been cool to see Stone go on to you know be a little bit more of a recurring guy. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it'll be curious to see what happens next, because I, I believe next issue is a catch-up issue to get things up to real time. And then Trial of Glum starts. I think that next issue could be pretty fun, though, because it kind of reminds me of, remember that issue you did, like, a year in the life? Right. Wasn't that the one that had, like, started with 20 panels and then slowly... Walk, yeah, walk, I think walk. so. Yeah, and then, That was a really awesome and issue. ended in the bit one big panel with Dragon all blown up. Mm-hmm. That had Jughead of Shakes in that issue. Jughead of Shakes. Which, That's exactly we what actually, I was going to say. We have another news item. Did we ever say that? <laughs> we did. We did. We did that one last episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. That's why I remember it, because I was editing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. that's the, I like that Easter egg. That's a fun Easter egg. <laughs> oh, that's, so that, that's why Jughead of Shakes is never coming back. <laughs> Because he's joke-eating? Because he's joke-eating, yeah. He went on to uh, have a successful comic career. I think... The, uh, the name Jughead of Shakes was always kind of... I always... The inflection always felt wrong to me because it... Never mind. Never mind. I, we're analyzing the Jughead of Shakes. Because <laughs> they don't call him the Jughead of Hamburgers. He's, or, he's just Jughead. <laughs> well, that's why you need a distinction. <laughs> Like if you just said, I'm Jughead, you'd be like, this guy likes hamburgers a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would just say this, uh, taking it back to the issue, is that uh, I'm not disappointed at all with this issue. Uh, the issue was fantastic. Uh, I loved, you know, like you said, the coloring, the fight scenes were awesome. Uh, any Maxine stuff you can give me is good. You know, bad babies, all that shit plays fantastic. Yeah. Um, the only thing really and again not even like you said the moment where spawn kills that dude is awesome yeah like, yeah i mean it's fine i, I almost i i kind of saw it coming the whole way because of how much antagonism was between them mm-hmm. i don't know it just didn't feel like it had the punch it should have had because i don't know i just it'd be, like i said eric's done this it's kind of a lot and it just it loses its 
you know, it's 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 surprise factor at a certain point. You yeah, that's the only thing I'll say is that like uh, everything was strong as shit. I mean, strong, strong, strong. And who knows? Like I said, the whole thing of this was is that Malcolm's kind of not wanting to kill guys now. So this could be the issue that really drives home like, okay, well, you know, yeah, guys might get killed, but like Malcolm won't be the one actively trying to kill people anymore. So Except for the guy who got his jaw knocked off. Maybe he had, <laughs> maybe he had multiple jaws. Maybe that was his power. He'll, he'll live, yeah. He could have had like seven jaws. We don't know. So, overall, how are you guys feeling about it? I mean, I think as a culmination of everything he's Eric's done in Spawn in the last you know several months in Dragon, I think it's a fine conclusion to a decent arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really the ending I was hoping for because it feels a little bit. I don't know. It just feels like it doesn't feel like it should have been the end of this this story. It it should have like transitioned back to a Malcolm centric story somehow, and then followed up on at a later date. I don't know. Yeah, the the whole story. I, I wasn't honestly. All right, I liked I like parts of it as a whole. I'm not. I wasn't that impressed. I have to say with the team up story. Like it just felt like here comes Ant. There's this guy giving people powers. I need help. Okay, let's get like there was no like real tie to either main character. Right. It was just felt, felt, a, little felt a little generic. Like, all right, what's that? A little forced, a little generic. Yeah, just here's this guy. We have to go fly and get him. All right, we got him. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Because here's I think there's there was four basically four issues in this in this arc two dragon two spawns mm-hmm. and so you spend three of those issues getting the the band together and then you rush to a conclusion in the fourth and i feel like you could have done better with your time uh with your with your space maybe done more with that with the like the refugees like at the base of the mountain what what's their deal i mean how desperate are they uh, i mean are they actually are they like the underground freaks in the old days they're really just people trying to you know, make their lives better, but they have to resort to theft and stuff to survive. Well, so like for instance, I think Eric did a much better job on some of his earlier crossovers, like the Superman, uh, the the Superman uh, Dragon one, where he had like the actual rogue villain gallery from each character is kind right. of teaming up. To be fair, that was for... like a whole one shot. He could basically kind of do what he wanted uh, in his own, you know, one issue. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it would have been kind of cool to see some of the dragon villains show up in Spawn and vice versa, or something yeah, like that. I get or, that. I just, I'll agree with that. We definitely like, we haven't seen like any Spawn rogues though since Eric took over. I guess, but he could just kind of make guys come over, you know, like you know, whatever. He could the same guys could have appeared in both comics. You know, it just yeah. felt like, and I know what he's doing is keeping them separate. Because you know, down the road for collections and stuff, but yeah, I think he did a much better job on properties like when he did like the Hellboy Dragon crossover, and right again, it was like they were kind of in, ingrained. And Hellboy was just in the Dragon comic, I guess, but I believe mm-hmm. so. I don't think there was any Dragon in Hellboy at all. Uh, no, but I, I don't know. It just it felt more. Uh, I don't know. 
it felt like it had more of an impact on the series. I'll agree with that. Like, I feel like this will just be a blip. Like, you know, it won't have any lasting impacts unless that Azalea Stone guy comes back. Maybe I, I kind of feel like if he does come back, he'll be an ant villain. Yeah, not, that's possible not a, too. Not a Malcolm villain. I mean, you think about the Hellboy story. You remember like all the monsters, like the giant mummy coming, all the vampires. You met, remember the Groks and them climbing out the Groks, right? That like, was ass. That... <laughs> they were fighting like Hitler's brain, and Hellboy remembered, uh, you know, and that was tied into like Hellboy's backstory. There was so much to remember about that. That, that was actually I, like a big deal for Brain A because that's when he remembered that he was Hitler. Yeah, that, yeah. Defined yeah. his character going forward from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I just feel like like this issue. I don't know if there's going to be anything long term that I will really, really will remember out of it. No, so I, that I was my take. I, I wasn't my you know wasn't the best team up storyline, but yeah, it's always fun to see Eric draw Spawn, and I prefer actually to see Eric's just penciled and inked version of Spawn. So it was nice to see a couple of issues worth of that. Yeah. It it just after all this build up of the spawn stuff, it just kind of feels like it it wasn't as spectacular as it could have been. I guess. I mean, it's still good. It still looks great. It's still you know classic Savage Dragon like craziness, but it's definitely not the peak the series has ever been. Right. I'll, I'll just echo. I'll just echo basically what's already been said. Is that to me, it just felt largely. Uh, as good as it was, I mean, it was very, it was all very good. Just overall, like story wise, it just felt inconsequential. Yeah. yeah. Which again, you know, that's kind of something we've been, you know, crying and whining about a little bit here for a minute anyway. Of like all the done in ones, they just don't leave you any. Um, it does build things don't build up into each other. Right. So it's kind of like constantly wrapping stuff up without too much like you know, repercussions and stuff. So, yeah, I agree. Just echoing what you guys said. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, it feels like there was a missing story beat here about Stone's, like, what he said he's, like, he's preparing for, like, a, a bigger danger in the future. And, you know, that kind of, you know, that's sort of interesting. And then there's all those followers he has at the base of the mountain who aren't really clear. Their motivations aren't clearly defined. They just, and, like, the, sneaking through the camp is as easy as saying, oh, we're here to see him. Let us through, and they say, like, "Okay." There's like, there's like no, there's like no like tension. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. there's a lack of tension. Cause there's like no. That's why the actual fight at the end was actually pretty good because his powers were so interesting because it felt like he could hold his own against these three like badasses mm-hmm. because he can manipulate the elements and like the matter itself. He's like a Green Lantern level badass and Swan stabs him through the chest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was an anticlimax. Like he was he kinda came off as a big bad and he didn't get that big bad send off. He just got you know like I said, you know, oh a rock broke my helmet. Oh I I surrender and then he got stabbed. It was kinda like Wouldn't it have been great if the rock hit his helmet and like he suddenly started saying, Wait, where am I? Who what what's going on? And then Spawn yeah. stabbed him. Like the helmet the helmet was the bad guy the whole time. Could have been yeah, this could have been something. Like Yeah. Could've... I I had in my notes for the show Azalea Stone goes down as biggest 
wuss villain in Savage Dragon history. Like, <laughs> total dud, dude. Like, got his helmet broken and like, oh, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> take, just made giant rock hands out of this cavern. Take me to jail. Mm-hmm. I don't want to die. It's like, what? You, you'll be okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just... Maybe his helmet was uh, all his power. I mean, Who knows? I, I could believe that. That would, but again, that's that, that's not explained or presented to us in any fashion, except through you know our sub, our guessing. Yeah, it uh, it was just overall. I mean, it's kind of like you you get the you get the idea that maybe like. Who knows? Like you know, the working relationship wasn't the best. Maybe that tainted things a bit. Maybe oh, with the spawn. Like yeah, Eric. I I get the feeling that a lot of that was like that. I mean, it's funny because Eric doesn't shy away from saying things like that on Facebook. Sometimes I'm like, dude, you really? When I when I read these things, I'm like, you really want to post that? <laughs> <laughs> but I just lay it out there. Of all these years of you know following Eric and talking to him and stuff the guy just doesn't give a shit whether you know for for better or worse sometimes he just he speaks his mind he's the kind of guy that just he lays it out there you know he tells it how it is we should yeah to- which is pretty awesome but i could understand how it could also ruffle some people's feathers it, i tell you what it does help is you don't have to just wonder like uh kind of like when you see you know things fell a little flat compared to like what you thought uh, it it kind of tells the tale instead of you having to be like, gee, golly, I wonder what happened, you know? Oh, well, you know, wonder what. And it's like, no, you can pretty much tell. It's like, ah, you know, shit wasn't working out too good, and you know, the yeah. working relations were strained, and that's going to produce, you know, strained work. So, yeah, you know, that's kind of the thing. Is like, as this wraps up, it kind of feels like it was put to bed just to like, okay, you know. Let's just get this out of the way so I can get back to my thing. Who knows? I think that uh, that's the way it kind of felt to me, like after the fact. Yeah. This didn't. This this is this didn't. This big plan didn't work. So get it done. Fulfill my promises. Move on. Yeah. Which again, <laughs> for what it was, I still enjoyed it. But yeah, that was just didn't stick the landing. I've solicited covers that have spawned on them. I guess I have to do something with that. so um shall we talk about the backup the supplemental material oh yes we should probably talk about that i really like this red hook dude you did yeah did you not i was ambivalent about it it was fine i just i didn't quite get it i thought there was too much going on too small of a space it was kind of hard to tell like when things were happening and like in what order because there's a lot of flashback and and I don't know. I tell you what, I, Dean Haspiel is one of the coolest artists out there. I love his work. What else has he done? Um, he's done. He did a, a superhero series for Archie recently. I forget what that. Oh, name it, was. it wasn't the uh, the Red Circle comics, was it? Or maybe, yeah. Yeah, like uh, was it? I don't know. bunch of bunch of bunch of public domain characters, I think. Uh, maybe they're Archie's characters. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called Red Circle. Like, yeah, is that what it was called? I thought that was the, the line of superhero comics they did was called the Red. It's the Fox. If you look up the Fox, he did the Fox for them. Oh yeah, the Fox looks kind of like Batman a little bit. 
kind of looks like this guy, like the Red Hook, only black costume. I will but say I'm ignorant about him, but this is beautiful stuff. He's also done a few like one-shot image comics and stuff like that. Um, he's done a few things here and there. He did he did a couple of pages on, I think, uh, the Twisted Savage Dragon funnies or whatever too, but his art style is really awesome. I've got a few of his books so I always enjoy seeing it, but he always has like some of these weirder stories. Yeah. Just, and I thought it was okay. You know, honestly, I, I, I think I, I think again, Raven, you said this on one of the previous episodes I wasn't on that kind of just wish it was the backups were more like Savage Dragon centric backups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of how I feel. Like I, I, it's okay, but you know, I would rather get four pages of like a Savage Dragon character. Yeah, yeah. I for what it's worth, uh, I mean, I I don't know, you know, what's uh, the deal with this guy if he's a one shot or if he has a thing or whatever else. But like, you know, it's real. I I might have said that, and then in the same breath, when you get something that's like this, like for me, this is a super home run. Like I I don't know hardly shit about like Dean Haspel. So when I saw this, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like there's just a ton of sequential art stuff going on. And yeah, he's it's so good. His art is, is great. So the one thing I couldn't remember, I I have a three issue miniseries that came out in like, I think like around like Oh five or Oh six, maybe later. Mm -hmm. It's called brawl. And it was half Dean Haspel and half, uh, Michelle Fife. Okay. And it, it was a pretty cool thing, but it was just like, again, it was like something about like, you know, superhero beings, but it was like a real kind of like weird story, like not a straightforward superhero story. It's like almost like an alternative comic style. Mm-hmm. See, now, like the thing is, that's a, kind of one of the reasons why I'm like, yeah, man, I'm also okay with it, is when you get something like this, it really puts someone on your radar. Like now I want to go like pick up more like of his stuff. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. this is to me, I was like, Oh dude, this is awesome. This stuff's great. Yeah. I super love this. Oh, all right. So I just went on his website. The red hook is uh webtoons. It's a, it's a web comic, I guess. Really? All the better. Joy red hook season one for free at webtoons.com. So I'm gonna have to look that up. I do like the Sting girl. She's got like one blast and she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing kind of I don't know. It kind of reminded me of like uh, Dean Motor, uh, the the Mister X guy, uh, um, Terminal City. No, not ringing any bells. Uh, All right, never mind. No, no, it's fine. Go on. No, there's nothing, Reminds- no, there's nothing really else to say. He's kind of an, I guess he is kind of an offbeat like style to his art. It's kind of he goes for like a retro future sort of thing, and I just kind of thought the art was, and the, even the structure, the sort of like dark humor sort of thing, mm-hmm. yeah. was kind of invocative of that sort of thing. That, uh, yeah. For me, I like the character designs. I mean, I like the dude with the, like, shooting fists. I like the bee stinger. I even like, you know, Red Hook here as an interesting visual character. 
the sequential art is just off the chain, like too good. Like when he's falling down that building, but then the fist like smacks the wall and there's a little dent in the wall and just the language, body language, even for that first panel where he's climbing up the crypt and then dropping down through the ceiling. And then it leads into that panel there. Just that kind of stuff for like uh, sequential art, just like that. I'm a nerd for that stuff. It's so good. So, I was super down with this just because the coloring was awesome. The art was awesome. I like the weird offbeat character design. Uh, for me, this was like 10 out of 10. Like this was a killer backup. Like I know that we've been running our mouths saying we want more Savage Dragon related ba- like content. But as long as it's like super tight like this is, you, you can have stuff like this. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing artist though. He really is like, check out that Fox series. It came out, I want to say last year or maybe the year before. Absolutely. Um, but he can really do like a good cross between like a Bruce, Tim, Jack Kirby type. I was getting that. I was getting a real Tim, real animated kind of a thing from it. But you can also like see his artwork and his sketches. He can actually go like full blown Kirby, and it looks amazing as well. Man, just good for for me. This was fantastic. I was like, oh yes, this is kick ass. Not to talk bad about you know Aquaria or whatever, but we were busting its chops a little bit, and like just this is just this is excellent, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the guys that did Aquaria just did uh, – was it Aquaria? Was that the name of it? Aquaria was the uh, Mer girl from the previous two issues. Yeah, the artist that did that did a recent Image Comics uh, book and it was like super like Jack Kirby-ish. Like his style changed a little bit on this but the mm-hmm. one – and it was awesome. I bought the series. It was like a – it was almost like uh, Jack Kirby's The Demon. Okay. It was super awesome. Like the artwork was like, holy crap, this guy's like just got the Kirby chops. So I was a little disappointed in the in the um, the backup, but I'm telling you, the series that I can't remember. I wish I could remember the name. Well, Someone's it was Image, though, it. right? Yeah. Uh, we'll look for it. I mean, we'll figure it out. What was the? What's? Let me see. Hold on. A minute. So Aquarius talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, Aquaria was done by, uh, let me get their names here just for you. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, yeah, it's so funny as I think it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aquaria was uh, Adam McGovern and Paolo Landry. Oh, so it was Night World. So for the listeners out there, look up Night World. And I thought that was so much a cooler vi- visual. It was like a demon esque Kirby character. It's Image Comics Night World. And when that first came out in the images I was showing, it looked like Jack Kirby himself drew it. It was it was amazing. Nice. So, so I was kind of psyched for that backup, but it didn't it, I don't know, just didn't pan out the way I thought it would. Well, to me, this is the bomb. If if there's more red hook on the way, sweet. I, I'm down with it. <laughs> so that's cool. In in yeah. lieu in lieu of more Savage Dragon stuff, if you just bring that grade A like awesome backup, yes, I'm down with that. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I, I definitely can enjoy like a backup not related to Savage Dragon, but personally, I just I don't know. I love 
having more story of related to the dragon type universe. So yeah. whatever, yeah, I'll have you either way. I think honestly, I think it's just uh, you know he's given these people opportunity. I guess I don't I don't know how he like meets these people because if he like meets them at like uh, conventions and stuff and sees what they're up to and like offers them a you know a few pages in the back of Savage Dragon to like put something. Well, Dean Hasfield is an established artist. Oh, okay. But... Well, well, that's true. So I guess it's not really showcasing it for like some new kid. It's like I don't know. I guess they're maybe... probably friends. It's like hey, he's you know probably. I got to fill eight pages. What you got? <laughs> Oh yeah, the guy does a web comic, so it's the best way to promote your web comic is. I say, even though with like somebody being established, like you know, this guy is clearly a pro. At the same time, there's so many people making comics that, like you know, even a pro can go under your radar. So it's like I, I'm I like, never heard of him. I, yeah, I'm super in love with this, and yet for some reason it seems to have escaped me. Speaking of which, you know, all this time I gotta get you both up on uh, Dean Motor and Mister X at some point because what the fuck, guys? Okay. <laughs> Is that a web comic? Uh, no, that's uh, one of the more important independent comics of our generation. I'm down with that. I like to read the important comics of our generation. <laughs> you mean like Walking Dead? <laughs> What's that? You know, little that little Kentucky, Kentucky homegrown horror comic. <laughs> I thought it was cute how everyone was going nuts over the season premiere of that. Like it was a big damn deal. Like, well, you know, like for them it that is. Two years ago. <laughs> for, for them that is that was that was their uh, red wedding. Yeah. Shouse and frown. Uh, I guess real quick before we delve off into like random stuff, funnies. Uh, I tell you what, draw branded draw is always good. Yeah, yeah. That is always funny. That was. I don't know how I didn't. Sometimes they're hit or miss, but that one, I mean, the funnies in general, but that one's always decent. I still think it's about two panels too long. <laughs> Which panels would you cut out, editor? <laughs> editor Purcell. Um. One uh, panel. Actually, I would cut out panel one. Mm-hmm. And then I would cut out. So suddenly we just have fingers going towards a guy's face. Because <laughs> that's all you need. Smell my finger. <laughs> Boom. Uh-huh. You need to know. <laughs> and then I'd say panel two, panel four, and panel and the final panel is all you really need. Smell my fingers. You know that girl I met at the club last week? She gave me this. Yeah, I guess that works. They're dudes. They're dude bros. It's kind of... Yeah. It's okay. Uh, I don't have any complaints or actually problems with uh, Milo and Ultimud at all. Um, It is simply just family-themed, you know, kind of. It's this guy. He has a comic coming out from Image, right? The guy with the mustache? I believe so. Yeah. Isn't he Ulti Man or something, something like, like that? that? That sounds right. I feel it's like family themed. I believe. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of G Man or uh, what was the other one that was like G Man? <laughs> I can't recall. Other one like G Man. 
I feel like there was something else <laughs> that was like family friendly like that. Like, yeah, I can't. It's beautiful. I mean, it's very well drawn and everything else. And, you know, it just for me, mainly like you've got like this family theme strip above like smell my fingers joke. <laughs> it, it just kind of it just seems weird there, but it's fine. I mean, I don't have any problems. You know, sometimes we like, you know, shit on things and like uh, I feel bad. I never shit on anything. I love everything. <laughs> Just like you know, that's the thing. I don't have any problems with it. It's fine. So that's that's that. That's that's everything. That's another one in another one in the oven. So shall we talk about the future? (laughs) Savage Dragon two seventeen done. Funny to read this two eighteen solicitation in any kind of a dramatic voice. (laughs) Have at it. On the next Savage Dragon, self-contained issue, Malcolm and Maxine have a madcap adventure fraught with peril, a day in the life of Savage Dragon. Hey, can we do a little experiment here? Okay. Jim, can I hear your, like, sitcom voice uh, version of this? Let me pull back. That'd be better. Yeah, this is more fitting. Malcolm and Maxine have a madcap adventure fraught with peril. A day in the life of Savage Dragon. <laughs> Self-contained issue. Slide whistle. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I, I think, like you said, Craig, it, it could possibly be another one of those like awesome year in an issue issues. It's definitely going to be a hilarious issue. Yeah. And I think it opens that window for kind of that time jump feeling. Yeah, I I feel because he's got a a big time gap Mm -hmm. that he's behind right now. I think this is his way of catching up, especially if he's already told us there's a there's an image of Trump's acceptance speech. We're definitely Mm going to be brought up to current with this issue. Yeah, yeah. There were like three Christmases this year, weren't there? (laughs) (laughs) At least two. I feel like um, we haven't seen Malcolm interact with his kids much. No, That's true. Not much. It's usually everyone else trying to. Yeah. He just went and rescued them. Yeah, I spent agree. more time with his kids. Well, Jack, Amy, and uh-oh, what's the third one? I'm forgetting. Tyrone. Tyrone. My bad. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. We didn't even get to think of all these things we've missed. Craig, what do you think of the babies? names nah, i'm fine with it i don't really i i can't do anything better than that All right. i did think it was weird that he didn't realize that amy dragon was she dragon <laughs> well <laughs> in terms of eric's i'm saying right it was yeah i think he just he, he did mention that was kind of more of coincidence than intentional just the thing he liked and I do agree with you, Raven. I think it was Raven that said it. it was, that Jack Dragon sounds really cool. Jack, I like that. Jack Dragon. Sounds good. Doesn't it just have a good pop? Jack Dragon. Don't call him John. And I and I agree with Jim that Tyrone sounded too, like, derivative African-American sounding. It just like, seemed obvious. Like, I, like Yeah. Yeah, kind of like Malcolm. Malcolm's a little bit more generic, but it's still kind of... I don't know. Malcolm X. I don't know. Seem kind of on the nose sometimes. But you also got Malcolm in the middle, which 
<laughs> an actual physical <laughs> and issue about- Savage Dragon appeared on. Really? Oh, that's right. And the poster. Remember the poster with all the heads? Well, maybe that's what it was, the poster, not an issue. I think they were reading it, too, though. I, th- I think you're right. Was it somebody made the joke? They were like, uh, I was like, how did that happen? And they were like, uh, they agreed to do it as long as Dragon named his firstborn son after. <laughs> it was like, uh, that works. That's they said that now or? They were like they were making the, the joke. They were making the joke that the TV show producers agreed to feature the comic as long as Savage Dragon named his first son after Malcolm. Because that would have been decades after Malcolm was born. Yeah. Yeah. Long, long after. So Malcolm in the middle. We're we're reading it. We're reading those adventures right now. Pretty sweet. I'm excited. I think uh, 2017's got some good stuff. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the, one of the covers. Oh, dude, we're just. Can I just say we are just dropping the ball on news items? Are we? Yes, I just right here at the end of the issue, right here at the end of the fincast, remembered another news item. Do we have mystery a- mystery cover? Mystery what? cover. Yeah, there's a co- there's an issue coming up. Where there was a false cover solicitation because he wants the cover to be a secret. Really? Yes. Which co- is, it, or was is that the Facebook feed? Where did you see that? Uh, let's take a look. Let's take a glimpse into the future. If you go to Savage Dragon, it's funny. If you go to SavageDragon.com uh, and you go on previews, I think it's even solicited with a cover that you know is an old. Nope, it's not there. Not yet. Uh, let's take a look at some other place. Hold oh, on here. Eight, oh, like 18 it. is the one with uh, Maxine falling. Okay. So it's got to be like 221 Must or be. something. Is that just the one of him like jumping forward? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a... it's a. He used the interior. Savage Riding 221. Yeah, and it's got it's like... Just, that's a oh, sweet cover. Oh, but isn't that... I We've seen this before. Yeah, because it was the interior. Yeah, 221. He said 221 was solicited with a different cover than what will really actually be published. I thought that was the cover to when Malcolm took over the book because it's a callback to uh, issue number one of Savage Dragon with the color scheme and the Malcolm coming at coming at you. I could have swore that was already a cover. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that like that's not going to be the final cover. Like the final cover is going to be a surprise. Yeah, because we've seen this before. Yeah, so that's the where though, because it's crazy. <laughs> Just in case you're still listening, there's a uh, little news item for you. There, the eleventh hour news item. I am so sorry, dudes. That's like two sweet news items that I just totally like slept on until the last second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, two twenty one will have when actually when finally it hits print. Apparently, the cover will be a surprise of some kind. Sweet, I'm down with that. March 2017. Yeah, that maybe. was the cover to issue two two eleven. I'm I'm not crazy. So there you go. Really? Yeah, that's the cover to two eleven. It's it's when Malcolm took. Well, no, it's the it's the issue after the wedding. Uh, after the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> First issue in a bold new direction. That's it. So so be look forward to that. <laughs> I it, it, it looks different because the logos, the 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 old logo instead of the new the the Malcolm logo. Yeah, the old logo is so much better. 
You know, what's funny is I didn't think it until I saw the old logo back. And then yeah. I was like, okay, it's better. It's a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot better. It's funny because uh, if you look at the Image Comics uh, website for Savage Dragon, 217's got the old logo, 218's got the new one, 219's got the old, and 221's got the old. So I don't know what's going on there. It, but. It's because he solicited a bunch of those with the old logo. You know what's funny? He said basically he should have reverted to the old logo with issue 211. So this was his opportunity to put out that cover with the logo it should have had. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do, yeah. Pig. Even though that's not going to hit print. Um, actually, no. it may hit print because it's probably going to be the cover of the trade paperback. And, oh, and he's probably going to use the new logo on it. So that, that's the trade paperback cover in a nutshell. Never mind. Good call. Look at this sleuth over here. I know. I'm. I like to pretend I'm good at deducing. You're a private. <laughs> you're a private dick. Mm. <laughs> I know. Good at douching. <laughs> I just. I, I, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I, I will say. Let me just ask you real quick, since we're talking about it. Um, did Did you guys were you into that whole Walking Dead thing with the whole baseball bat thing? What the the memes with the baseball bats? No, I mean like any of it at all. Oh, like, was I it- watched I watched that first. Uh, I haven't watched any other episodes, but I watched that episode. So don't spoil any other episodes. But oh, okay, so you watched the baseball bat episode? Yeah. Uh, okay. That was I, pretty gnarly. I don't know. That was kind of the tipping point in the comic series. I kind of it was just before the war, and that just sort of was when I stopped caring, honestly. And it's so funny. I know I say this every time we talk about this. But that series was so formulaic up to that point. It did bring a bit of danger back to the series after you know a period of not, yeah, of it being pretty safe. After that, but it a, gets off of the formula big time. Big time. That's sort of the impression that I got. And I, you know what, I did wind up reading the arc after the war, but it wasn't enough to get me back on board. Maybe next, maybe, hey. maybe there'll be a humble bundle, and I'll catch up. Are we going to piss off any listeners that we might be spoiling? They should know by now, right? I don't think two-year-old spoilers for a month-old TV show. Yeah, so. what's funny is I think I spoke generically enough that, like, I don't think there was any spoilers at all. But it's kind of just interesting to me. It's funny. I always like try to like you know rope Savage Dragon fans in any way I can, and everybody's watching that damn show. Yeah, and I'm always like. I'm always like, well, if you like that, you should read Savage Dragon. And if you like, like Walking Dead, you should read Savage Dragon. <laughs> just any, any way I can. Any yeah. way I can. People get right? their heads crushed in Savage Dragon all the time. That's what I tell them. Oh, you you really felt sad for Glenn? Oh, man, you just love Savage Dragon. I, actually, what? What? You're reading Moby Dick? You like Moby Dick? You should try <laughs> Savage Dragon. <laughs> it's a great metaphor for, you know, whale hunting. Little Woman, Savage Dragon. <laughs> I'm actually slightly more curious about how they handled Abraham because he also died around that same time and apparently also died in that episode. You know what? I just say that Abraham was such a fucking loser that when he died, I didn't give a shit. Really? You didn't like Abraham? I, just, I didn't care. And what's funny is somebody's like, wow, he's been around for 50, episodes, 50 issues. And I was like, huh. It's fucking crazy that I don't give a shit about this character that's been around for 50 issues. I kind of like how he died. What about his TV character? Did you like the TV character better? TV character was better was he than the comic. Mostly the same? 
uh, military man. I think he was more fleshed out, right? More fleshed out, yeah. The governor, TV governor, was better than comic governor. Really? Which is weird because usually you expect like the comic book got a character to be more fleshed out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the total opposite. Um, well, the go- TV the governor governor got a lot of like after the fact fleshing out. He had like a book. Uh, like a prose book and like a one shot comic like came out long oh, like like around the time he was introduced in the show. Somebody told me a lot of what was in that book was what made it into the show. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I ain't reading no prose. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, but in the comics, the way Abraham died was just kind of that was probably a much more shocking moment because he's literally mid sentence and an arrow sticking out of his face. Yeah, I, yeah, that I, was I felt great. that. But felt... they they switched it up, and and that same thing happened to like the doctor. Oh, okay. So that's what's cool about it was the show. same exact thing, but they threw the doctor in the in the way. <laughs> that's what's cool about that show is how it messes with your expectations like that. It's like alternate reality, you know? Because mm-hmm. well, when there was it was it like season two or three where they went way off the rails, and but now they've t- they brought it way back to like more towards what the comic continuity was i think i stopped reading the comic around issue 60 so i don't know anymore like, holy cow because i know they they, kill, they killed off like a whole bunch of people who lived for a lot longer uh in particular um andrea in particular yeah yeah i'm not sure her current status i still in the comics still bro. alive okay yeah. still a survivor <laughs> you know who will never die oc do not steal daryl Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They'll, they'll never, they'll never kill him. That's pretty much. They know when they kill him, that show's over. They could kill Rick before and they could kill. What was hilarious Daryl. was I didn't, I didn't watch the episode, but I did see previews for it I, as like trailers on YouTube, and they were all going, "Is Daryl gonna die?" <laughs> Not as long as women find him sexy, yeah. he won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that would have been a twist to to swap him out for Glenn, but yeah. That's, oh, if they killed Daryl, I'd have shit my pants. I think it would be a collective sh- pants shitting. <laughs> Just some, it'd be and like AMC did, would shit their pants they ever, as the ratings dip. Like I said, I haven't watched the show since season one. Do they ever deal with his brother, Merle? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, got Merle. he got iced pretty early. I think we should wrap up this okay. uh, Walking Dead podcast and talk, I agree uh, <laughs> separately. <laughs> well, uh. Anyway, that's pretty much it, isn't it? <laughs> that's it. it. And it and then some. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yep. Craig, welcome back. Good to have you back. Thanks, Craig. guys. Yeah, it's good to be back. Hopefully missed you, buddy. Forward. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, don't worry if you got to miss more episodes. We got plenty of people in the wings. <laughs> we missed you. Don't worry. He's, we got other people to take your place. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. You're expendable. <laughs> You too, Raven. I'd like to hear Zach back on there. He's he's a, he's a good host. I would, too. I would yeah. like to have him on more often. I think uh, his tossed tones of foreign <laughs> lands bring a lot to the to this place. It's good to hear, like, kind of someone too that's got a fresh perspective that's just kind of gotten into it. But he kind of he took the plunge, oh, man. God, he drank that Kool Aid deep. <laughs> you know that's good kool-aid that's all yeah yeah no so it's really cool to hear somebody that's like kind of fresh into it well i know that it may not seem like it listeners out there in listener land but uh we do have a new mantra going forward the show must go on so if we have at least two people willing to record 
like uh, we're we're gonna record. So our whole thing, we we had that whole issue fifty fiasco where we were trying, we got our stomachs in a knot over trying to make it special. I wouldn't call and it then, less of a fiasco and more of a poorly executed idea. Yeah, well, we just wanted it to be. Oh, we well, we wanted to be special. Our new mantra is just go going forward, just like whoever we can get, we're gonna make it happen. So, yeah, expect to hear more of Zach if like I'm busy or you know if Jim's gone or what. Just basically, we're gonna just get whoever we can to keep the show rolling on. So, Zach will be back. One of us will be gone. You there, child on the street? Do you want to talk about (laughs) Savage Dragon Bay? Hey, baby. <laughs> Sandwich garden. Okay, I'm hungry. Hmm. Bring it out. I think I actually think we should try to get Eric on the next one. That's uh, actually because now, I think now that we've, we're we've got a lot done done with the spawn, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, it would be a good wrap up to to get his thoughts on the whole shebang. Yeah, man, I'm down with that. Hey, maybe coming up uh, with issue 218, we'll get a, a Larson interview, which is it's so funny anyway, because he's always super down. Yeah. Like, I've been watching his Facebook. He does so many interviews and goes to so many cons. Like, he's always super down, and we're always this like, no, we better not. I, I, well, I think, you know, if we did it every... It's hard to come up with questions, too, you know? Like, uh, you try to to do it every episode and you run out of good questions or you know what I'm saying? Like I agree. If you keep it limited. I think it's more impactful when you actually have them once every four or five episodes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, that, that being said, it's time to bring it. All right. I'm pretty sure we brought it. I'm pretty, pretty sure we're past the bring it part. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot, fellas. Good talking with you. Thanks for listening. Hasta lasagna.